Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com slash radio, and you can get access to over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Hey everybody, this is George from Press Pods Radio, and I'm here to throw out a quick disclaimer regarding this episode you're about to listen to, which is our Golden Zonkeys Class of 2015 edition Game of the Year podcast. During the recording, there was a bit of uh, some audio inconsistencies with the connection regarding our cast with uh, Andrew, specifically on his end, and it wasn't something that we were entirely able to fix in post, so there are going to be some inconsistencies in terms of audio quality for this show and we just want to throw out this disclaimer to apologize but nonetheless the show is very much listenable just wanted to give a quick heads up and thanks again we love you guys Woo 2016 uh and, and shit i guess So, how is everybody's? Cr- I mean, happy I new mean, year. Not, yeah, happy new year as well. Happy new but, year. Wait, hold on. We're getting ahead of ourselves. Oh. How is your? <laughs> I guess we haven't recorded in a while, have we? Okay. Yeah. How is everyone's non-denominational holiday celebration slash, uh, you know, corporate offering to the fucking uh, materialistic goods and nature of uh, you know capitalist junk and what have you? Speaking from the retail side of things, I am very happy that we are now done with that, at least for the time being. Yes. I The I, only thing I got for Christmas this year was Barnes & Noble gift cards, which I am very happy to receive because it's really the only place I can go uh, where I don't feel like I'm going to like have some kind of a panic attack. <laughs> like Especially when you shop during the holidays. Like Even if you go to Barnes & Noble during the holidays, it's still like a super relaxed place. Like It never gets like super crazy. Although... I think when you're in the graphic novel slash manga section, it can get a little intense sometimes, you know. But other than that, it was it was pretty decent. I'm just glad that we're out of that now, and now I have time to catch up on stuff that I did not get a chance to play or see the whole time, which is perfect for a podcast like this. It's always good when you don't play games for a while. Mm. <laughs> or not. Well, uh, let's see. Hmm. Uh, my... <laughs> My Christmas tree star broke, so, like, there was that. It, I just realized, like, the more you adult, like, like I, I kind of feel like Christmas is, uh, at this point, like, in terms of, like, the actual spirit and holiday of it, especially when you're, like, a single white dude who owns cats, um, it, it's almost like something that you do to fit in with society. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, you, you kind of just, like, stare at the tree, like, kind of ever so sadly. Take, take, take a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of scotch and just be like. <sighs> yeah, it's either that or the Cheesecake Factory. Like, mm. mm-hmm. yep. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that definitely being a, uh, I guess, a bittersweet kind of a, a situation to be in. Yeah, but as far as like my Christmas haul, what I what mm. I was able to, you know, obtain from like fucking from here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, from like the uh, Santa based money gods. Uh, I was able to get, you know, a few, a couple, a couple of video games, a couple of, uh, Dos Juegos, and, uh, somebody fucking kicked me down a goddamn ocarina, so I'm gonna summon a fucking duck, you all. I'm gonna get crazy with that shit. Um, and then, that was pretty much it, uh, other than that, uh, some other life changes, uh, you know, crazy, crazy single. And I'm going to stay that way. My New Year's resolution, actually, is to stay single. 
So uh was kind of talking about that with you guys earlier, but no joke, man. I And if anybody at home can help me, like, you know, I would love if you guys want to contribute any suggestions for what would be like a sweet, like, Green Lantern like poem that I would like recite as I charge the J.O. crystal to like keep me focused. Like give me the mantra and willpower of like not to swipe right on like just out of like the fucking spite of loneliness. Please do because I've already gone on like three really bad pretentious Tinder dates and well, you know, I don't I, I, I think I think twenty sixteen is gonna be the year that George doesn't get his dick wet, and I'm okay with that. Mm. What would be like the equivalent of like the fear of Green Lantern, <laughs> the, all right, the yellow crystal of, of all this? Would that be like a, uh, I don't know, maybe maybe yeah, maybe like a Tinder or some kind of a random stalker. hookup app? Uh, it's a stalker. Yeah, I, you know, I mean, I guess we kind of all wish for that, really. I mean, it's just nice to know that someone cares enough. Is that too much? Should I really talk about that in such? Uh, I probably shouldn't make fun of that. Uh, what about you, Sarah? Talk to me about your Canadian Christmas. What are your stalkers like, Sarah? Yeah, a- absolutely. Actually, um, uh, did you have a Charlie Brown Christmas? Uh, a little bit, yeah. Ah, uh, well, I mean, I thought I thought like it would get well. Hmm. Sarah would be Schroeder. I think Sarah would be Schroeder, except not only would he be Schroeder. Um. Oh, dude, and then you do have your own stalker. You have fucking Lucy. Okay. What? Wait. I think he's talking about peanuts. I am. Talking I don't know. I've never watched it. What the fuck do you mean? Ah, you've never watched? Ah, ah. Okay. Stop sounding like a creaky door. Okay. okay. That's <laughs> like... fair. That's fair. No, I don't know. I just. I, I guess it wasn't really my bag. I mean, I really like the Red Baron video games, but that's about it. That's about the extent of it. Hmm. As as peanuts as it gets for you. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah, yeah, honestly. Oh, man. I mean, that's okay. That game was fun. Well, yeah, for for the holidays, I just got a bunch of money, which is fine. Uh, upgraded <laughs> yeah, money. Just, isn't, that, isn't that the truth, man? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I remember isn't getting it a, funny, though, like, when you're in that situation when you're younger and you're just, like, fucking money, like, what are you, my uncle? Like, when people just don't know what to get you, and now yeah. you're just, like... Uh, like thank you please for this money i definitely need all this money like yeah exactly i got holidays to pay for man yeah uh i got like the card that i got from from the in-laws said from santa and i opened it up i'm like yeah santa knows what i want yeah santa don't mess around man stack of cash it was pretty cool so i upgraded all of my video equipment really that's what i did so i got like i got an elgato and uh nice nice uh, AV to HDMI converter. There's a bunch of videos on my YouTube. You were doing some updates, yeah. I saw you're doing some shows like, test that, updates. yeah. Did did some testing for Sega Saturn, PC Engine, and um, that other one there, Neo Geo CD. Um, but I think what I'm gonna do, though, I'm also what I, I didn't mean to interrupt, Sarah. Speaking oh, okay. of Sega Saturn and and doing some testing, and just I I you know bear with me because I am gonna correlate the segue. Can can we talk about that Oculus price announcement real quick though, and how <laughs> fucked <laughs> it's gonna be? Yeah. Like, it's messed. But oh, dude! Especially up here where our dollar is garbage, it's gonna be like eight hundred and fifty bucks. Mm-hmm. I just I, feel like if you're trying to use virtual reality at that kind of level, you're gonna pay a price for it. I know the comparisons right now are to like the Samsung VR tech they have for their like smartphones. 
which is cool, and I've used that, but I have not yet used the PlayStation VR or the Oculus. I know, George, you, you've, you, I think you've used Oculus a few times. I, I have. It's And every point that I have, I never thought to myself, yep, that's $600. That's 600 bucks. <laughs> yeah, you, you, even yeah. like the Samsung VR, like it's cool. I'm like, it's 100 bucks. Yeah, I'd probably do this. And that's probably about the extent of it. Like, I don't see myself using VR as a gaming experience first and foremost. I think it's just like kind of cool to mess around with and do like you know tech demos and, and yeah. do like you know like, like I rode a roller coaster in one of the VR demos I did and I was like oh this is really cool it gives you a sensation of like I'm actually moving and I feel like the ground's going to fall out from underneath me like that's kind of a cool feeling to experience but that's about the extent of it I don't think I personally me as a player would really benefit from the VR technology with gaming at least not yet if there's some kind of like crazy application that can be utilized for Maybe then I'll try to look into it, but it just seems like it's an investment for like the most hardcore of tech people. Yeah, like it just, hey, dude, it's, I mean, it's not for it's not for the general consumer, which is fine. And I think that people will thought at a price point of like three hundred dollars, it'd be easy to take on that. But yeah, I mean, it's like what George has been doing all week trying to figure out who has the PC specs to run it. Unless you're like top tier tech, you're not going to be able to use it anyway. It's like it's not for the general hmm. consumer at all. I mean, we at Halifax Scramble in August, we had yeah. uh, someone bring in the Oculus uh, SDK 2. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we were playing a game called Suekochan Cubic, which was like a, it's a 3D Oculus uh, shoot 'em up, right? But, you know, beyond that, and I mean, his, his PC was crazy. Like, it, it looked like a nuclear generator. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, it sounded like it too, I bet, right? <laughs> yeah, more or less. It could have taken off. Um, yeah. the, the fans could have levitated it into the into the air while it was running. So, but but for real though, I mean, I don't know. It like the SDK two, I think cost him three hundred dollars, and I I figured that's where it would kind of stay yeah. in terms yep. of price. But no, not six hundred bucks. And they keep on swearing that it's because of the fact that the technology and the things they have involved have increased, like in terms of like the specs and the uh i guess like the quality but yeah, at the same but time I mean, even even so i mean that would have grown along with the technology anyway so that the, the technology cost should have stayed a constant i i think what they'll do is i think they'll release this right away get get those early adopters that will pay the extra money to buy like the best tech available for virtual reality i guarantee yeah. you in probably six to eight months we'll either get an announcement or see maybe maybe next year at ces we will see the slimmed down version the priced more accordingly version of it for the three hundred dollars i almost guarantee that will happen because i think they'll get those early doctors something that'll something that'll support like 720p instead of like you know 4k yeah yeah exactly like i think they'll come out at this really high price point with the high tech they'll wait till sony or even like you know htc or whoever else is coming into the virtual reality market releases their headsets i think the lowest you'll see those come in at is maybe four hundred dollars I can honestly say I think that's the lowest you'll ever see a VR headset come out, at least with the tech that's evolved right now. And then they'll swoop in and say, okay, well, here's our new headset for the general consumer, $300, and that's where they'll dominate. I mean, it's a race, but they're not trying to win it right away. They're trying to make it slow and steady. Like I, I mean, with Facebook I behind it, with Facebook behind it, I got to imagine they have more planned and more on deck than just this. I think they're just going to try to get their money quick right now, but that's not going to be the end of it. I think you're going to see more headsets and more stuff offered down the road. I would, I would hope so, because so far, fucking Palmer Lucky is coming off like the Ken Kutaragi of 2016. <laughs> and, like, that did not work out well. That was the wrong fucking horse to bank on. Oh, mm-hmm. you know, people want it enough, they'll do it. If people, you know, these are it's for you those get two, people. Get two jobs to, to pay for it, sure. 
Yeah, but like, fun- like I said, you know, like I don't see myself as someone that would be so hardcore about the virtual reality technology that I would pay that kind of money, not just for the PC to run it, but like for the actual headset itself. I just I, I don't see that. Like I, I I tend to see myself as an early adopter of a lot of hardware. Yeah, this just isn't one that I'm going to jump onto. And I feel like a lot of the community in gaming is going to be the same. I think it's going to be for those like crazy like I, I wait in line for the new iPhone. Like those like really tech savvy. I gotta have the new tech right now, and that's yeah. fine. They'll and they'll pay that money. They've paid six to eight hundred dollars for a new phone. And you, you know, know what I, though? I think done it already. We can we can talk about this all night, but yeah. uh, one fact remains: it it all doesn't matter because it's already sold out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, there you go, man. For me, people, people will that. spend the money. They will Dude, spend. Those, there you those, go. Those, yeah. hey, those are some baked ass numbers. Those are some cooked numbers. I'm telling mm-hmm. you, for something fish straight fucking halibut that's some halibut ass shit i i oh. don't i do not believe it with a but little like, like a little bit of lemon just, and then ju- lemon just for the halibut yeah. Yeah. yeah uh if anything so, though no no like, trout about it yeah <laughs> god uh, uh. 2016 starting off strong yep the year of the fish puns y'all i'm a real bastard <laughs> <laughs> oh that's the best one we can't top it i don't think so um I, I will say that, you know, maybe a tie in to our current topic for the evening. Um, maybe we'll see this as a Mako next year, <laughs> potentially. Oh, it might be. Oh, we'll see. Maybe, maybe, you, think, maybe. you think these, uh, you think these jokes are jumping? Think these jokes are jumping for the shark yet or what? Jesus fucking Christ. I, I want to see um, shark. Sarah, if anything, it, it, before before we move forward, it, it has kind of like made me. It, it, it has definitely fueled my skepticism towards the PlayStation Morpheus in terms of like, well, okay, so how much are they going to scale that thing back in terms of tech or otherwise like efficiency and performance? If yeah, like, the tech... how is the PS how is the PS4 even going to handle that though? Really? Yeah. Well, the good thing is, if you think about it, if it's utilizing the hardware from the console, I don't think the headset's going to be as advanced as the Oculus because the tech that's needed to run an Oculus is like short of almost like insanity. Like you need like a 980, like Nvidia video card. Mm. Uh, you need like a i5. I mean, it's like like basic recommended is like i5. But you're probably gonna need an i7, like yeah, just to I7 run it. Right. And yeah, it's just like the console Eight with the technology built in with the DDR5 memory and, and the processor. I, I I think you'll see like you were saying, Sarah, probably like a 720 output for the resolution. I think you'll see, you know probably a lot of immersive kind of technology but nowhere near at the scale of oculus i don't think i mean you'll just have to buy a second headset. playstation 4 then <laughs> yeah. you'll one have for to... each eye <laughs> <laughs> the, system, the system will process out for each eye one for the left yes. and one for the right yeah <laughs> it's like the, the original playstation 3 specs so it had dual hdmi this is how they yeah 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 yeah, dude. Look at that via Ethernet or something just like that. Just take a 32X the fuck out of it, you know? Yeah, just, exactly. You, you have to buy six PlayStation cameras. Six PlayStation cameras, yeah. Yeah, put it all around you to, to interact with the headset. Then you got to track down an old move controller. Yeah, you need two and one in each hand. Magnets, bitch! Oh, my God, man. Yeah. Can't wait. All right. Yeah. So this latest episode of Press Podge Radio, we are going to be covering our Golden Donkeys! Fucking 2015 edition. We got our uh, majestic equestrian, not a fucking horse, fuck horses, majestic golden avatar of a of a magnificent creature and mohawks ready, mm-hmm, ready to fucking bestow the prestigious title of a golden zonkey upon all those deserving games that have 
been released within the year 2015. And we are here to fucking see fit to it. See, see to like the recognition and the uh, handouts and all that. And uh, hopefully we won't mispronounce anyone's name or pull a Steve Harvey or a Game Awards. You know, what? she pulled a Steve Harvey before Steve Harvey pulled a Steve Harvey. She really did. Yeah. Well, first she like, <laughs> first she like berated, uh, you know, uh, Keith for Sutherland, which, you know, like poor guy didn't do anything. He was just doing his job, you know. But uh, yeah, and then she like just straight up like just announced like the right game, but the wrong act. No, right act, right actress, wrong game, right? Yeah, that what it was. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Good times, good times. Well, anyway, yeah, let's go ahead and get the show on the road. Hooray! are new to this rodeo uh here's how it goes down yep ground rules as far as the golden zonkeys we have a number of categories that we all within the press pause radio staff have diligently taken the time to nominate and choose accordingly for their respective uh awards and titles and what we will do is we will run through these categories uh from beginning to end and we will discuss them on the show as you listen and uh, agree to a winner, a definitive winner for each category, which will receive uh, its zonkey. Uh, at any point within this show, each of us contains a fucking wild card that mm-hmm. we are free to use at only once towards a category. And what a wild card will do is it will give us the opportunity to include a game that was uh, not previously nominated uh, within the initial nomination uh segment that took place off the record uh you know 
before the show even came into uh, fruition that you're putting in your fucking ear holes right now. And then from that point, it will uh, kind of introduce a new a new sitch, a new layer of discourse. And uh, once that's been used, it cannot be used again. So everybody, we're going to hold on to them tight like our firstborn. And, now, and without uh, nominating a uh, without using a wild card, I nominate that we uh, put an air horn blast in every time we use a. A yeah. wild card. Yeah. I, oh, I like, uh, got to do that. I like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's uh, yeah. that was already, dude. You, you, pretty much, you already bought what I was selling. You were so. Can I request that when I do my wild card, if I do said wild card, I want the. <laughs> you want to fail? I don't know, man. I think ABC <laughs> will come after us. So either, either oh, might, bar yeah. He's mm. a spry old hey, fucker. We're allowed to sing happy birthday nowadays, man. Times have changed. It's true. Yeah. Wow. I did. Oh, you're right. So I don't know, man. Maybe, maybe, just maybe. Twitch will find. Is a it anyone's birthday to today? That's the podcast. thing. Like, uh, it's Alyssa's birthday today, actually. Alyssa, press pause radio. Oh, so, what uh, shall, shall we go ahead? Are, are, are we supposed to sing? Go ahead, sing the whole thing. Can we just like sing the last part? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a great singer. I want All you right. guys to just bombard Alyssa's Twitter and Facebook feeds with happy birthday messages. Let her feel loved. And uh, and then uh, give her shit for not being able to make it to the show because it's her mm-hmm. birthday. So I mean, give it, give, give her a little bit of both. By the way, um, and then little column A, little column B. Yeah, and then you know, for funsies, if you really want to fuck with her, like tag her in some like awful hashtag like uh, Guns in America or something like that, or like oh Yolo, God. Yolo or <laughs> something like that. Yeah, please don't. But yeah, but you can reach her on Twitter here. Twitter would be the best. Of <laughs> you getters. said reach around. Oh, you son of a bitch. I did not. Uh, at so. Glitchy, which is G is in George, yours truly. L is in Lima. I is in India. I is in India. T is in Tango. C is in Charlie. H is in Hotel. And Y is in Yankee. Look uh, at so that I- phonetic alphabet, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stay frosty, sir. Oh, I don't even know what that means. I think it's in Call of Duty. Um, yeah. Or Wayne's World? No, it's not Wayne's World. No. Oh. Stay frosty. No, no, that's a... Uh military shooter kind of thing yeah yeah it is hoorah right yeah. <laughs> or, whatever, or whatever if, if that's what they're saying these days sure yeah yeah okay all right so okay, uh, with that being one. said yeah. we're gonna go ahead and fucking uh start the fucking start the ceremony start the uh the fucking the process the awards the uh oh, what's another word what, what i don't know we're gonna just fucking do it Nominees are nominees. Yeah, so we're gonna go ahead and start off with our very first category, and that would be uh, the Press Pause Radio Cerebral Exerciser of 2015. Cerebral exercise, just to know what it means. Yes, sometimes. Ugh, just like best tear jerking writing, which we'll get to. It it, it feels like it's it's hard to nominate in these specific categories because I feel like there's so many like games that blend genres that it's hard to know if it's really that genre. Like you kind of have to like, you know, it's like 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 in a little bit of of both. Like I I couldn't think of really a lot in this category because I haven't played a lot of hard games. Like that used to be the thing. Like Portal and uh you know all these games are like 
very puzzle based, and I just didn't see a lot of that this year. I don't know, do you agree? I do agree. This one was definitely challenging, and like there was an argument even for one of the nominations. But I saw because I felt like, in terms of like what it brought to the table and the way it challenged players, I didn't feel that it necessarily uh, quantified being. Uh, I think I know which one you're gonna say. It's, yeah, is it, is, it, is it my pick? I, I picked Hearthstone. Oh no no no! Um, that uh, one. I was the only not... one that picked Hearthstone. That's surprising. Yeah, I, that one. I only because like I I feel like it. Wild card. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't do not throw that out there. Are you are dude, you really? I'm doing it. I'm doing it right now. Yeah, dude, I'm doing it right Small now. Wild bitch. card. Hearthstone. All right. Cool. Well, then we're <laughs> going to throw that in. But let me I didn't even fucking read off the other nominations. I, I, so. I, I, I want to start it off, man. I wanted to get into it. <laughs> Let's go. I want to argue <laughs> with you. <laughs> All right. So for Cerebral Exerciser, we've already got our very first wild card thrown down. Uh, we've got the initial nominees and then we've got Hearthstone as the wild card thrown in by Andrew. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, dude. I hope it was worth it. <laughs> right off the bat, right off the bat, I'm man. not I'm, loaning you mine. I will not okay. loan you I, mine. I am confident. Alright, so we've got Downfall, Laura Croft Go, Super Beat Zonic, and SteamWorld Heist. Mm-hmm. And, well... I have to say, I haven't played a whole lot of Super Beat Zonic, but I am familiar with it, especially with the way Sarah described it. Uh, the one that I was originally mentioning is actually Downfall. And, uh, you know, this, I'm not going to go into names as to who specifically in the PPR staff, like, really persevere to defend its case of it, like, you know, deserving the right to be nominated for this category. But uh, they really presented a great argument and something that is even as twitchy and as action oriented as it is something that puts you on the edge to the point where it really makes you think about your reflexes ahead of time uh much like and, and i was just like well you know shoot 'em ups do that but i don't know if you consider shoot 'em ups being a puzzle I'm like yes but see shoot 'em ups there there aren't a whole lot that possess like well, roguelike design downfall is the uh, is that one on uh, iOS right that and it is kind of kind of shoot 'em up except in you know reverse kind of like a, yeah, a yeah. reverse vertical shoot 'em up you're going down instead of up well right but the thing that right? he uh the thing that he introduced that it was just like well here's like here's the clincher though like it's, it has roguelike elements it's always changing and oh you know what though there there has been a shoot 'em up this year it was called Steradin. Um, that has roguelike elements, and it's uh, it, it's different every single time you play it. And you uh, you upgrade your ship on the fly with different elements as they appear. Is it is it like randomized with the, like patterns and the enemies as well as you're doing this? Like as you're 100, falling, hundred percent randomized. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I guess I mean that would definitely seem as cerebral exerciser because you're always kind of like anticipating or, or you know like trying to like. I mean, I, I guess with this game, I am constantly much adapting myself. to a constantly adapting to a situation that's ever changing. Yeah, but right. are you able? Are you able to like stop at any point, like land on something and like do something like? Yes. Temp- okay, and, I see. Okay, yeah. And yeah, then not only that, there are certain enemies that can only be killed with a stomp, like a platforming jump on the head, and other enemies that need to be shot. So wow. the fact that you have so to chase- as you're falling, you, you decide you want to stomp on one. And it's not one you can stomp. Yes, exactly. Uh, so he's he he basically. The way he described it, I'm like, all right, he's just like, it's like Tetris with guns. And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. It kind of is. It kind of yeah. is, actually, because you're Sounds kind of yeah. cool, actually. Sounds kind of cool. Okay. So the moment, he, the moment he gave it to me like that, I'm like, all right, dude, it deserves to be there. Sold it. Okay. All right. Uh, Lara Croft Go, which, yeah. 
definitely way more puzzle oriented than it's like I would say it's than Hitman was. Successor hit me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah definitely. And, I agree. And it's I don't know I everything from the, like the visuals to like the mechanics and how like tightly designed it was between knowing what action to choose and or like I this was like the sleeper hit for me I think of 2015 aside. It was really other. cool. Yeah, I liked it a lot. I remember downloading it on a trip, and uh, I had it on my iPad at the time, and I really did like it. I kind of didn't. I I dug Hitman, but I just, I guess I saw Hitman as like it was kind of like a like a board game kind of aesthetic, you know. And I was like, oh, this is like the same thing with Laura Croft. Then I'm probably not going to go with it. And then you realize that it's not like it's not copying the same formula. It, it's kind of its own thing. It's its own kind of experience. You know, kind of using tile based mechanics to kind of. I guess plan ahead a few moves and kind of plan ahead to where you're going to go and which path to take next. And uh, it even has like some elements of like a Metroidvania, which I hate. I know we hate that term, but you know, we, don't hate go... it. we, we celebrate it. We okay. It. Well, I mean, immersive gameplay, right? <laughs> right. Uh, just saying all the buzzwords, buzzwords you can think of. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, I, I liked that you had to kind of go back and f- solve like previous puzzles with new mechanics and new things that you would acquire. And it also had a lot of that, did I get every single thing in that level? Like that completionist kind of mentality. Um, but no, it really surprised me. I thought it would be kind of like a, like a throwaway, like I'll mess with it for a few minutes and I'll be done. But it actually it's really got... Engaging. It really is. It got it got hooks in me really quick. And I it's like, I probably, I probably pretty much played that the whole trip, really. It was just really, you know, jumping into that. Um, I never got a chance to play it on other mobile devices, like on like an iPhone or iPod, or I guess it's probably on Android now. Uh, but you know, I just played on the tablet. I thought it was great on the tablet, but I'm wondering, like, have you played it on phone or, or anything like of a smaller screen nature? Yes. Yeah, so I, played how's, how's my... it work? So as far as, cause like, what's funny is I haven't really played it like on uh, a tablet. So I don't know how different like the UI is, but, uh, as far as like what I played, like it responds basically like, in, in terms of the UI, like the touch, um, movement, everything on screen is, I don't know. I aesthetically, nothing is disorienting or confusing in any way. And like the pacing of the mechanics and what they introduce, like as you go through, and then knowing like what actions to take, as mm-hmm. far as uh, the way you approach a puzzle, especially if there's like a trap involved within there. I, I don't know. I I actually I wouldn't know how to handle it like on a tablet per se. I feel like. Like when there's that much, because uh, I'm I'm kind of curious to see like how much of the level that you're able to see like oh, within yeah. one screen. I I like the fact that like I I would say that it's probably better on a mobile standpoint just because when you're able to see a certain section and scroll to where you need to on the map, it kind of gives more focus to what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I, it, it, and it, it's totally fine. It's it's one of those uh, rare instances where I actually would like to be able to like concentrate on something one bit of a time without getting a lay of land. I mean, you can, um, you can pinch in and out to like, see what you're looking at, but uh, I, I have had no trouble playing it on my phone whatsoever. Um, try that on Android maybe. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm actually surprised that it came out on tablet to be completely honest. I thought I thought it was like like be an ideal place to play a game like that, like kind of like spread out and stuff, you know. No, I I very much enjoyed it, um, <laughs> and even then there are times where, like I, like even within the initial level where uh, you're going through and it's 
very deliberate where it's a very just singular path, just giving you an idea of what to swipe and how to do it. Um, it basically restricts things intentionally to the point where it makes you stop and think. I can't, I can't imagine like the scale of that being uh, stretched out to the point where like you'd be able to see more, possibly see ahead further, or like I don't know. I, I'm actually you, you, very... you, you, you can kind of do the same thing. It's not like a pinching mechanic, but you can like kind of swipe over to like see parts of the map and stuff like that. So you can kind of do the similar thing. We can see more if you have to. Like I kind of like access more of the map or, or more of the stage. So you can definitely do that too. All right. So SteamWorld Heist, I have played very little of so yeah I, I myself haven't played a lot of it but so far what i have played i, I really like it because i'm not big on steam world dig which is one that you played last year i think i was actually very big on it i loved it you were very big on it you were really big on it and i guess the aesthetic initially is what kind of drew me away from the game like i just didn't like aesthetically how it looked i didn't really like the character design. i know they're all like robots and stuff like that and i was like eh, it doesn't really look like something i'd be into and then you start getting to the mechanics of the gameplay and it's like really really fun it's like XCOM in a way because it's like a turn-based strategical shooter but it's in a 2d platformer kind of you know style the best part about it though is when you're doing a lot of the shooting it has almost like a worms aspect to it like where you kind of like you do the shot and it kind of like will bounce off you have to like you know do a shot where like you need to get past a certain area and you gotta kind of hope that it'll like bank off the right way and, and hit the target like it wraps up a lot of these cool elements of other strategical games like like i said XCOM and uh, worms and games like that and, and then really that's what really sells that game I think I'm not a big fan of really the storyline so much or the aesthetic it's just the gameplay is so much fun uh, and it, 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 it's thought provoking like you're trying to be really strategical and you're trying to like make these shots and make these you know strategical moves kind of going underneath people and trying to come up and kind of you know do like a, like a, like a surprise attack uh, it's it's kind of cool man like, like I said I initially didn't want to play it because I thought aesthetically it just didn't look like something I'd be into and then I started getting to the mechanics, and it's actually really cool. And surprisingly enough, only on 3DS. Like, I'm just kind of surprised 3DS has a game like this out right now. Um, you don't really see a lot on that system of that, this that, I feel like that won't be, like, something that... Exclusively, no. Long, I yeah. doubt it. I doubt it, no. Um, but, yeah, kind of a surprise thing on 3DS, which that system for me this year didn't get a lot of play. Like, I just did not really get a whole lot for that system, other than Legend of Legacy, which didn't turn out so great. Uh, yeah. unfortunately, unfortunately, but yeah, that's uh, the one thing. The 3ds has been pretty disappointing this year. I, I, I it it wasn't, a, it wasn't a great release of games. Sadly, I'll be interested to see what, I mean, we're going to get some Pokemon stuff this next year that I'm really excited about, but yeah, that system didn't really have a whole lot going for it. So it's nice to see this kind of gem come out, um, on that platform, you know, specifically like that's like the launch platform for that game, which is kind of cool. Um, but yeah, I dug it a lot. So I would recommend definitely people checking it out. If they need something to play on their 3DS, like 20 bucks, like that, that system probably needs something right now at this point. So wouldn't be a bad game to pick up, especially when like a lot of it's like awesome exclusives are getting fucking ported over to steam. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, more and more. It's true. All right. Well, so what's this, this last one I'm really interested in hearing about? Cause I know Sayer was pretty high on this one. I haven't seen it or played much of it myself, but I'm actually interested to see what you, we had to say about it. So super, basically, Super Beat Zonic was, I would say, definitely my uh, biggest surprise of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of came out of nowhere. And like, I, I only I was first exposed to it at retail and the retail release isn't especially flashy. Like the packaging is very subdued. You don't quite know what it's all about until you take a deeper look on the back. 
But when you realize that, A, it's done by PM Studios, which is behind uh, the DJ Max series, and then you start playing it and you, you're exposed to the sort, of, uh, the sort of music that you'd find in a DJ Max game with many of the same artists, um, it, it ended up being one of the most fun games to play, I think, this year for me. Uh, and and easily, I think the best music game of the year. And those are pretty strong words, I'm sure. But uh, but it's absolutely true. I, I spent so much time in this game. It's kind of silly. So the idea is is that um, you're you're tapping bars of uh, of music uh, or bars on the screen rather uh, in a within a circular sort of HUD uh, as it reaches a certain point on the uh, on the display and. You can take it on in different ways. Like there's a four-note mode, a six-note mode, and a uh, a six-note FX mode, which adds the the uh, the L and R triggers to the mix. And so it can get really taxing and very confusing if stuff starts you know flying at you, especially on the higher difficulties uh, at a million miles a second. But uh, it's definitely a game one uh, that uh, that fans of DJ Max, especially on the harder modes of DJ Max, uh, will will definitely dig. Not to mention the uh, the soundtrack is like 100% original and uh, some of the best music that I've heard, I, I'd say, since DJ Max uh, Portable or DJ Max uh, Fever, rather, on the PlayStation Portable, I think something like six or seven years ago. I should really play some of those games. I, I guess mm. I never really got into them on PSP. Um, but this is on Vita, correct? This is this. This one release. is on Vita. Yeah, it's available at retail and for download. Uh, and if you're interested in the DJ Max series too, a lot of them are available on the PSN uh, for a, you know a decent price. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, most of them were 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 released as a uh, as a download in North America. So um, if you're into those those types of games, there's plenty of them if you know where to look. But Super Beat Zonic is definitely the best one I've played for a while. Well, I guess it's good that they're still making games like that too, especially mm, you know, yeah. for for kind of a more niche kind of experience. But it seems like that, yeah, that one I haven't heard much about myself, and I'm kind of pretty particular about Vita games. I know that system definitely needs a lot of support. So yeah, if, um, it flew so far under the radar, it was practically underground. Yeah, yeah, I have to look into that though. I guess right, like is, is there is there a lot of touchscreen stuff with that or I, actually you? what's what's cool is that you can use either buttons or the touchscreen. Okay, so you can do either. That which is good. I think it needs to kind of utilize that, especially with the Vita. Hmm. Sorry, right, talk to me, guys. Yeah, well, Hearthstone. let me go ahead and let me let me make my case for Hearthstone. Um, I believe that in terms of the category for cerebral exerciser, like just straight up, like this is the thing it'll make you think. It'll make you. You know, really use and focus on a lot of elements of, of, I guess, puzzle mechanics or at least just like strategical gameplay. Hearthstone is probably the best case, in my opinion, because it's chess. It's a game of chess. You have two people battling it out. Um, You know, obviously there are modes where you can play against the AI and there's certain story based things you can play through. But the, the real crux of Hearthstone is we have the same amount of life. We have the same amount of cards drawn. How do you utilize the cards? I mean, obviously, anyone that has played any kind of a card battling game before knows what Hearthstone is like. It's like Magic the Gathering. It's like a lot of these other card-based games. But, you know, obviously in a mobile and and, and kind of PC experience. Um, I just think Blizzard really knocked out of the park with Hearthstone. I think, obviously, it came out on PC originally. This is kind of more talking about the mobile version, which everyone I know that plays Hearthstone 
really has kind of pulled away from playing it on PC and they're all playing on their phones now. But I, I just feel like in terms of a cerebral exerciser, like there's nothing better. You know, you're trying to combat this person. You don't know what move they're going to make next. You have to anticipate everything. You have to plan for everything. Um, and it's pretty much the most evenly based game I think you can play of this kind. I, I think even with Magic the Gathering, you know, playing that game, you sometimes can have like mana burn. You can have, uh, you know, mana kill. A lot of those things that kind of work into like, well, I'm not getting the mana I need, so I can't do these attacks. With Hearthstone, you don't have to worry about that. You just get a, a number of, you know, um, like, okay, I, I, I can do like six, you know, different things now, or I can do five. Like, it goes in order. Like, every time you do a round, you'll get like an extra action point, essentially, or whatever they call it in the game. So it's it's even. There's no possibility of you like, well, I don't have enough mana, so I can't pull this off. Like, it's, it's equal playing field. It just depends on you as the player to kind of utilize it and do the best kind of strategy involved. And anticipating the what the other person's going to do, anticipating what they might play, or um, there's just so many elements of like trying to figure out what's going to happen next. So that game is so well done. Uh, I just Blizzard for some reason I think can take a genre and make it their own. They've done it with MMOs. They've done it with you know strat RPGs. I think they definitely did it with the card-based battling stuff with Hearthstone. And I think with like Overwatch coming out, I think they're going to really do a lot with the shooter mechanics. But I, I just feel like Hearthstone is like the best of this category because it does involve a lot of different elements of planning and, and preparation. And it's just like a really easy game to jump into. I think with Cerebral Exercisers, they should be games you can just jump in, play for a few minutes, play a few rounds, and then jump out. You know, it doesn't have to be a game where you play a lot and, and d- devote a lot of time to it. You can, but I think these kinds of games have to be quick throwaway kind of experiences. Um, and for me, I think that, that's what Hearthstone was in a nutshell. Well, I agree with all those points, mm-hmm. and I see where it would definitely be a qualifier, but here's my concern. Mm-hmm. Isn't Hearthstone a game from 2014? Technically, yes, because it came out on PC, but the mobile version came out this year. Hmm. In terms of the mobile version I played, which was Android. So, I guess if you're going into technicalities, then no, it probably would not qualify. But hey, you you used your uh, wild card. I did, but I guess in terms no, of no, we can count it. We'll count it. That's judges. fine. Judges, what do you? Th- All right, the judges okay. allowed it. Mills I, Lane I, came I, in, I, and he was I just hear like, the I allowed it. Was it dinging? Are you just gonna put the dinging later? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I don't know it. But anyway, okay. yeah, man. Uh, all right. Well, personally, uh, between the what and again if we're going to argue what is the uh quote-unquote conventional uh definition of a puzzle game something that quantifiably would uh be used to better award or otherwise you know distinguish this particular uh achievement i would i would have to say like the two that i do kind of hinder between it, it, it you know I, I would say is either Laura Croft go or like you sold me out of Hearthstone again okay. I, I was about it but I was just like no. yeah yeah I get that I get that but uh, you sold me I think I think I don't know I'm, I'm still leaning towards Laura Croft go mm-hmm. uh, but you also made a really good argument for SteamWorld however I feel like SteamWorld is still something that can 
it, it, it can be played tactically, but not. I don't. I don't know. I, I feel like those those brief moments of, uh, you know, self satisfying reward, like that self fulfilling prophecy of like knowing that you figured it out with your noodle, mm-hmm. uh, still comes in far too far between just from what it would sound like, and as far as comparison to the other, uh, candidates of this particular award. So. Super Beat Sonic also sounds like it would really qualify. However, I feel like that one is also something that's fundamentally rooted more in like it's like, like it's rhythm. Like, yeah, right? it's way more yeah. rhythm. So, I but it's know. the closest thing that I played this year. So. <laughs> this yeah, true. yeah. I think, man. I think me personally, I'm gonna throw my hat at Laura Croft Go. Hmm. So I'm kind of torn on this. Uh, I'm yeah, I would torn on it too because like you made a really good argument for Hearthstone. I mean, yeah, but at the same time, I'm really thinking about Super Beat because I feel like with rhythm-based games, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot you have to kind of. Yeah, uh, like I, I, I'll come out of a session sometimes, like really, kind of almost with a migraine because I'm trying uh, to strain but it to. I, I, I kind of like that. I, I sometimes think it's good yeah. to have a game where you kind of bang your head up against the wall and you're like, I can't get this particular part. I can't get this particular sequence, you know, just right. And it kind of requires that. Like, it requires you yeah. get the sequence in the proper, like, I got to hit this just right. And I feel like that's just something about rhythm games. Like, I guess, like, I, I've only played a few of these types of games, like a Hatsune Miku or something like that. Right, and I feel yeah. like they have the aesthetic of being like these are really fun and like the music's great but i think deep down there's like there's a lot of depth to the strategy of like i need to hit this you know i gotta correlate these buttons just right i gotta hit this just right so something about that game to me the coordination can sometimes be really tricky too especially where like on one side you could be scratching notes but you have to be tapping notes on the other side right so Yeah, yeah it really puts the left right of your brain into like overdrive in some cases Especially when they start messing with the rhythms, like sometimes you'll be uh, like, I'll, I'll get a little music nerdy here. Sometimes you'll be uh, going along uh, with a four four rhythm, and then all of a sudden it'll switch into like a six four, and it's going to totally screw with your rhythm, right? But mm. uh, but if you can get through it, it feels like you're a god. Hmm. I'll be honest. I threw Hearthstone in just as a wild card because I had already had just kind of pulling back the curtain a little bit. I had two other choices already on this list so i was kind of hoping maybe at least one of mine would win uh so i played hearthstone in there just kind of more as a strategy of like well if that doesn't win at least one of my other choices will win this category wow getting selfish with it right off the bat dude oh dude right (laughs) away man right away i at least want a win like i i need a win um but sucks because i think i'm not gonna pick either i think i'm actually gonna go with super beat on this one just right. in terms of the category of cerebral exerciser, to me, it sounds like that's the one that definitely would require the most cerebral exercising. So I feel like it, it, I, for me, I think it has to win the category. All right, Sarah. I'm going to stick with Super Beat Zonic. It's, uh, it's, it's one thing to say that it's just a rhythm game, but with a fundamental knowledge of how music works and as a percussionist in general, um, it, we're kind of the unsung heroes in any band. We have to change and adapt on the fly to what everybody else is doing to make sure that everything is running smoothly. So uh, I'm going to stick with Super Beat Zonic. All right. Well, it appears that we have our very first winner for the first Golden Zonkey of the Golden Zonkeys for 2015. Cerebral Exerciser goes to Super Beat Zonic. You are a winner. Yeah. All right. I really thought I really thought Laura Croft would honestly. Like I, I thought that was like the the most 
I guess, most popular option, you know? But, uh, hey, man. Mm. If, it, if there's one thing, like, Laura Croft will be known for in 2015, it's definitely being overshadowed by something that she could never see coming. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> I guess you're right. I guess you're definitely right on that one. Which makes me sad. But, yeah, I digress. All right, let's go ahead and move forward with the next category, the best studio of 2016, uh, 2015, I sorry, I apologize. 2016, we're a little ahead of Let, ourselves. Yeah, right? let's do it anyways, man. Let's knock it out. Two, two, kill two birds with one stone. Let's do 2015 yeah. right now. Oh, best man, studio. I don't know, dude. Like, there's only so much my mouth can handle as far <laughs> as my foot. So let, 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 let's, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Fucking, all right. So, best studio of 2015, we have Don't Nod Entertainment, Telltale, CD Projekt Red, and Nintendo. Nintendo! Woohoo! So, um, yeah. All right. All right, what's Don't Nod? I have no idea. Don't Nod, they're the people behind Remember Me, which is poopy. It's a poopy uh, game. And then they're like, hey, guess what? We can make you feel things and do like crazy things. So here's Life is Strange. And this is not so poopy. Uh, or at all. Uh, my review is super late, but I finally have like the last fifth episode. It was really hard to... I had to find a way to write it uh, in order to do it justice, considering the uh, insane amount of subject matter it, it covers. And the fact that it's... Like, it does it in this weird, like, avant-garde, like, art house way that still covers some really fucking heavy subjects, like, uh, rape, for example. So, uh, not to spoil it entirely, but, like, I'm sure there's been some, like, discussion, what or not, and that that's all I'll say. But, yeah, uh, the fact that it was something that was still, nonetheless, like, I, I felt like in, in the best way that they could and still, I think, brought, like, a, a tasteful forum of interaction towards such a subject matter and the way they are able to use it as a as a tool for uh i i not i don't you know i don't want to it feels like i'm almost like downplaying or otherwise like i i'm i'm sort of uh deflating the air out of the severity of the uh, matter when i when i say that oh it's being used as a store device but just in how it's incorporated within Life is Strange, especially within the development and the dynamic between uh, the main characters, specifically Max and Chloe, and like the level of investment and immersion that like you essentially find yourself in after getting in this deep with the affair, uh, it, it was definitely something that defined a very, I, I would say. I, it, it definitely it, it hit a chord with me. There was a there was a chime where like there was something that resonated deep within me in a in a physical sense as far as like how I felt uh, leaving the game and emotionally and just mentally. It, it it definitely left an imprint and for better or worse, there hasn't been a few. You know, there haven't been too many games like that. Like of course, Gone Home has done that, but Gone Home, if anything gave me something I don't I don't want to say lighthearted but it introduced something that was more palatable this definitely challenged my personal politics and uh view on like just on a meta scale like the fact that something like this was even able to be incorporated in a game 
without raising like there, there there's a lot of aspects that like i applaud a studio for even having the gall as well as the conviction and follow through to you know uh release and actually like just stick to it so and like with all the other talent aside like this is something that like i think really definitely redeemed like don't nod uh and and has definitely like imprinted their name in my mind for any of their future projects and works. So, uh, yeah, obviously I nominated this one, uh, but there, there are definitely some other studios here that also rightfully deserve the recognition. Telltale sort of did that. They, they sort of achieved that whole thing. They, they definitely came through and did something that I did not think they'd be able to do. Cause like last year we all discussed like, okay, these motherfuckers are definitely Doing way too much shit. Yeah. Way too much shit. <laughs> yeah, it's the truth. And I think they were able to pull it off. I mean, yeah, they didn't fuck I, it up. No, but. and I don't think the quality of their games has really, like, gone down. I think, like, uh, Tales from the Borderlands was really well done. Game of Thrones was not bad from what I've really played so far. Uh, even, like, the Minecraft story mode, like, kind of just, yeah, like, they're, they're pulling so much stuff uh, and doing all these releases and still working on more you know they just They're announced on the, the batman season and Meda- yep. yeah and batman and they announced is... batman which is exciting that'll be interesting to see how that plays out but yeah they've they're still handling it i think they're you know once if the quality of the game goes down and the experience goes down then maybe i could see that being like uh maybe, maybe you guys should like pump the brakes a little bit but so far it seems like they're doing not a bad job um so good on telltale for me personally, though, when it comes to best studio, the two best, in my opinion, the ones that are going to be hardest for me to really pick one or the other, uh, is between CD Projekt Red and Nintendo. I think Nintendo as a studio did a lot this year because they just said, you know what, these are games we want to make. It doesn't, and Nintendo's always had this like mentality, and I think this year it really shined through. Like, yeah, we're not going to sell the most systems, we're not going to sell the most games. Like, we kind of know that. But we just want to make fun games. And I think they really accomplished that with a lot of the games they released. Most notably, in my opinion, um, which sadly wasn't on this list in a lot of categories. And I'm really surprised. But I think maybe one of the best games to come out this year was Splatoon. And I think oh, they yeah, took yeah. they took that game and something that I looked at and I'm like, this looks really, really just childish and dumb. Like, I have no interest in playing this. It does not look like it's going to be really something I'd be into. Because I, 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 I wrote it off. And then it comes out to be like this really big shooter a uh, really cool experience that's you know not the normal kind of like first person shooter or third person shooter experience and they just were dedicated to doing this game and releasing it the way they wanted to and it ended up being an awesome experience and they uh, supported with, it they're still with a lot of content really with well. a lot of content absolutely absolutely yeah, the fact think, that it's all free too was probably yes. the in, in the a world of shooters selling season passes and map packs yeah to do free add-on content is pretty unheard of um and i think just from you know more of a I guess uh, we won't talk about it too much because I know it's still kind of an emotional experience to kind of talk about it. But with Iwata passing, I feel like they kind of like their resolve never like faltered, you know, even with someone like that passing, you know, having that kind of mentality in what they do and how they release games, you know, trying to honor that the spirit of what he really stood for. I think they've been doing that a lot this year. And I think they have to be kind of applauded for it to not falter after someone like that is gone and really keep that experience and keep that momentum alive. Um, you know, I think there were some games that came out to maybe like little or no real, like, I guess. Devil's third. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
they yeah i mean i'm, I'm talking more of an aspect of them developing games like i mean they but were that's, like that's someone, yudagaki's fault right like it, it well nintendo tried their best to bury it let's be honest yeah. um but no i think like you know with smash content coming out this year that kept everyone really involved in the tournament scene with that uh i feel like splatoon obviously was a big hit for them uh you know there were some games that kind of like eh, like you know kind of like went under the radar like uh, the animal crossing games that came out for 3ds and wii u the, the kirby game the yoshi game like not bad games just maybe not i, I, know, I definitely would say that about kirby but yoshi i think yoshi did like much better than i really thought it would and mm-hmm. i think a lot of that had to do with it's like amiibos yeah probably and, and of course amiibo mm-hmm. that, that was a huge thing this year i mean you could not talk about amiibos or see amiibos it's kind of kept the company in the public eye just from that alone i um, think it's i remember I when Nintendo's I... finally burnt their candles at both ends now and mm-hmm. then like what's weird too is that like now i think amiibo fever has finally reached a pitch to where they're available again and like yeah, that's a good thing very much so very much so like now they're just something you can actually probably buy with a lot not a lot of like <laughs> jumping through hoops and you know and like going online paying crazy prices um but to me, in my opinion, this is what I'm going to stand with. Uh, I, I I already say I'm picking CG Project Red. I feel as a as a studio, as a developer, these these guys are like they're the pride uh, of the Republic of Poland. Like when uh, the president visited Poland, uh, went to Warsaw, I think they gave him a copy of The Witcher Two. Like this is like their country's like prized possession, like the crown jewel. Uh, of this country is the development team behind CG Project Red. And I think for them to put the time and effort they did into The Witcher and make it the game it was, for people that may have not even known what this game was about, like it only released originally on PC, had the second one come out on Xbox 360. It's not a very well-known RPG. To come out with the kind of like just overall like critical acclaim that it did and the the sales that it came out with, like this publisher, or not, not publisher, sorry, the developer... I think they they're the ones that should probably be recognized for being the best studio over anyone else because this is the only game they do. Like they might have other stuff coming out eventually, but like they are the guys that make The Witcher. Like they, they don't do like anything a, else. There's a game called Cyberpunk 20 yeah. or something other. Yeah. And they've even gone on record in saying that this year in 2016 they will not do any kind of development or talk about that new game. They want to solely support Witcher. Like they will oh, add new content, they will add new DLC and new experiences to that world. And, you know, they want to devote the time that they think is necessary for that game. They don't want to just say, okay, well, it's out and it's done. Let's move on. They want to make sure that's a living, breathing world that they can devote more time to, at least for the time being, until they you can make what, the though? next game. You know what, though? I don't know that I can uh, I can stand behind CD Projekt Red that way, then. Because, like, sure, it's, it's a nice sentiment to say that, yeah, we're going to support this world and build upon it and this and that. But why not move on to the other projects that you've announced, like, last year? Yeah, no, I I think, and you could definitely tell with how they did the development of The Witcher. Like, it was supposed to be out several times over. They delayed and pushed and did that, but I feel like it was well worth it. I feel like they knew that that game had to be at the caliber that they expected or else they would be seen as like, okay, we didn't do our job. We didn't do what we were supposed to do. Right. I just feel like as part of a national pride, I feel like they, they do the work not just for themselves, not just for their fans. I think they do it for their country as well, which I don't think you can really say or see that with any other studio. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of these studios did great jobs, and I think they've always done really good work. Uh, Don't Nod, I'm not familiar with personally, but I feel like Life is Strange has been a game that's been really on a lot of people's radars. But to me, I think CG Project Red takes it just because of the fact that they are 
doing what they have to do and it's not just for them like they're doing it for something more than just their success like they're doing it for uh national pride which i i i really think is a pretty i don't know it has to be a, a nerve-wracking experience you know i would think personally um but no i i i think witcher was a huge success this year and i think they definitely have to be applauded for that i dude and i believe me when i say that that definitely is a very sound uh reason as to why they would be deserving of the acknowledgement. Mm-hmm. Um, and Witcher 3, it, it, it's definitely motivated me to definitely throw myself. I feel like there's this entire phenomenon that I've missed out on and that like I really want to... I don't want to get involved until i experience it for what it is it's kind of like you know when you when you hear somebody like just gush over like say metroid fusion for example and yet they've never played super metroid and you're like you you really need to check out these other games if you're really wanting more and i don't want to be that person and while we've we've gone on record before to talk about how like the first one is is, hard to jump back into is yeah and and, like i i'm still like because like it's it's the goddamn dialogue choices and and like anything anytime there's fucking choices and morals and something that can carry over i'm like i dude i do not want to do a survey i feel like i'm like cheesing it like i don't want to cheese that man i really want to fucking get the like the full experience of it but yeah the fact that there's been such a drive and even then just the reach of that game especially for people who like open world RPGs of that variety and that and that sort of wall that's there there are a lot of people where like you know genres and styles of those games are not in their wheelhouse whatsoever and yet the game has are is is done enough within its own right and pedigree to garner interest from those from those demographics people who would normally not even bat another eye i mean there there aren't too many games that do that and and even then just like the accolades that it's already received from like fellow contemporary outlets and peers uh, within the video game community, uh, in terms of both players and uh, personalities alike, I I want to do that, man. I really do. But you know what? I think I'm really gonna go with Nintendo because, again, as you had mentioned, just with a lot that they've been able to accomplish, and again, the conviction and keeping the Nintendo morale and charm and sticking with it and and trying to deliver as they've always have their own brand of magic within games. And even then, Nintendo has gone out to do like a lot of things and support for games that I have personally loved and like a select niche demographic of players have loved. And like, you know, you go from like getting Bayonetta 2 to getting Bayonetta as a Smash Brothers uh, player or a character like within downloadable content. The downloadable content... I, I'm I'm sorry. Between all games of life, and I never thought I'd utter this sentence uh, within 2016, no less. But in in more like recent times, this current generation, Nintendo has been killing it with downloadable content in terms of variety, availability, mm-hmm. and pricing across multiple games. And even then, what they're doing with Shovel Knight and like the incentives behind getting the Shovel Knight amiibo beyond the notoriety of amiibo collecting alone, uh, Xenoblade Chronicles. Fatal Frame, Maiden of the Blackwater, like there, there's tons of even like smaller games, and even like, at, though you might laugh at the statement, like I'll stand behind it, like some of the games that they've really brought onto eShop and in indie game capacity, like they've done a great job. Like I, they're nowhere near the game, like as far as Sony, like Sony's fucking king of that, but 
I will say they're definitely ahead of the game. Would like surprisingly, uh, as far as Microsoft is concerned, Nintendo oh, yeah. is now ahead of the curve. Than like when and Microsoft was a fucking pioneer for this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So Nintendo's most assuredly up their game. And then like there's other stuff too. They're like, hey, we're still gonna give you all this sweet shit with the Wii U. We've already built like several reasons that like justify owning a Wii U and and we're introducing a bunch of other new ways to enjoy it. We're even going to work on another console and we're going to support them together and we're just going to create an all-around accessible experience that like echoes our brand and like our trademark among video games. And the fact that they've been consistent and they've been able to do it and nothing has felt fleeting it, it, it's you know even then like and to top it all off they resurrected some of their vaporware. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and, like, fucking Star Fox, man. Like, they, like, from what I checked out of it and what I played of it, I did not think that that game would be anything. It, it was going to be, like, Star Fox Assault 2 in terms of, like, how well it would do. But, you know, in in, in spite of the fact that, like, they're, some of the uh, periods of 2015 were a bit sparse for Nintendo across both the 3DS and the Wii U, they... Uh, insisted on like keeping up with like hey you know we've been releasing like quality title after quality title even even then i would say like the most polarizing of those titles is xenoblade and while there are flaws like it's xenoblade's done really well in fact it's still insane to me that like with like just the lack of coverage that game has gotten when like it holds the like the fucking it holds the prestige of having an open world larger than fallout 4 and witcher 3 that's fucking insane to me, and that's running on the Wii U. Yeah. So I'm going to have to go with Nintendo on this one, man. I'm definitely on board with that, too. Nintendo Nintendo brought me back. I mean, you guys know that's how I That's true. Was. Yeah, you, you, bought, you bought the system, man, which is like, unheard of. <laughs> at the beginning of this year, if you talked to me about Nintendo, I would have shown you the fucking door. Uh-huh. But uh, they they really did bring me back, and you know I'm I'm currently surrounded by 45 amiibos. Uh, they're doubling as wallpaper. Um, I've been beefing up my 3DS library. My Wii uh, I got a Wii U, and I've got a selection of over 10 games all ready for it. Yeah, more than I do. Um, I mean, you know, and not to mention, I mean, I've, I've spent so much time with some of their titles which I'm sure we'll get into a little later on, not to say much. But, uh, but yeah, Nintendo brought me back. And I think uh, as a studio, I, I got to stand stand with them for best studio. If they were able to bring me back, that's got to say something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, I'm going to have to I'm gonna have to say it. So it looks like by majority and mm-hmm. uh, everything else that would entail a victory, uh, Nintendo would be the Press Pause Radio Golden Zonkey for best studio of 2015. All right, so now we're going to move on to motherfucking best publisher of 2015. What, what? Best publisher. What? Mm. All right. Mm, Get that stank. All right, so the nominees, Square Enix, Sony, Xseed, and Activision. I know, right away people are going to boo Activision. I get that. I do. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think you there. I I think you have to see it just as part of just like an overall success of like launched games and what was published by them. I mean, they published a lot of shit this year. Yeah, like Tony a Hawk's Pro Skater Five. Oh, I know, I know they did, but like Guitar Hero Live, which I thought was really kind of a cool experience, something new. Um, I think Black Ops did okay for them. They put out, you know, Destiny. They put out 
uh, Chargers. Super chart. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, that's also not a great one. Okay, well maybe I need to rethink this one a little <laughs> bit. Okay, so so let's talk <laughs> well, about we the know ones maybe. Well, we know it's not going to win. Probably not. Not in this category. I think it's just an overall success. They didn't do half bad as a publisher, but. I mean, let's look at some of these other Ubisoft. Can we talk about that? Yes, yes. Oh my goodness, poor Ubisoft, man. Like, they're finally seeing. Oh yeah, maybe we should wait a year to do an Assassin's Creed game, or maybe we should wait to do this title and not do it as a yearly project. Yeah, hey, not bad, dude. Ubisoft. You know, the division bad, will dude. be better for it. Let's and they've hope. delayed that game a lot. So yeah, that hopefully will come out and, and be what it needs to be. And you know, yeah. Rainbow Six Siege. Um, not bad game for what it does. Bad. It's not bad at all. It just it's a lot of multiplayer focused titles this year. And mm-hmm. I feel like that's just something that not people are not quite ready for yet. Mm. Well, not not with that like barrier of entry at least. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's definitely a game made for a specific audience, for sure. All right, so so I'm I'm interested about Square Enix. Like, yeah, they did put out a a decent amount of really good games this year, but with the exception of like Tomb Raider and you know maybe I guess like I guess the Final Fantasy games that came out this year, like what Type Zero HD and and stuff like that. Like, what else did Square Enix do? Well, they did uh, the first major expansion to Final Fantasy fourteen. Yeah, uh, they also did Life, Life is Strange. Strange. They published, they published Life that is for Strange, retail release. Yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, the two, uh, rise of the Tomb Raider. Yeah. Um, let's see what, what, what else was a really big thing? Well, Lord they redid Rocko. like, you know, final fantasy 10 and 10 too, but you yeah. know, that was, it's, it's basically exactly the same game as it was on PS3. Dragon mm-hmm. quest heroes. Oh yeah. That was actually a pretty good game. Uh, actually I, I got into that and, uh, and I'm liking it. I just need more time to play more of it. Mm-hmm. And while we haven't seen it stateside yet, bravely second, which, mm, yeah, which, that's going to be decent stuff uh, yeah, when man. it finally I does surface. That. Can't wait for that game, uh, man. I love how, Ridley Default. How about Square Enix partnering with Nintendo for the Cloud DLC in Smash? As that's well true. As Just yeah. Cause Three, which I yeah, think that's a big one get, too. Yeah, mm. it did not get the uh, it did not get the applause that I think it should. It, well, I think it's because it came out at a time that people were kind of moving on. It came out at such a weird time. You know, I know Far Cry did that once before too. Like Far Cry is an awesome game, either three or four. And I think I think three came out like in December. You know that that first year it came out, and like it was like under the radar for a lot of people because it was coming out in a really bad time of the year. Um, came out just cause. Just cause. J- just man. cause, man. I just hear that cause. so many times, and it bothers me every single. Eleanor, time. man. I need that Eleanor. Oh God. <laughs> yeah, but then at the same time, these assholes are gonna try to sell us fucking Kingdom Hearts two for like a fourth time. A fourth 2.8, time. Two point eight, like, dude. Two point what? Final remix HD Disney edition. Oh, nah, they I can't know. call it like final remix when it's not the final remix. Mm-hmm. It, I don't know what it is anymore. I already I'm pulled that it. with Final Fantasy. Yeah, we I'll, don't, I'll we take don't it at face value, now. but come on. But even then, like the fact that you actually got to see more out of Kingdom Hearts three than just like fucking nonsense, Final Fantasy fifteen, near two, the fact that near two is going to be a thing, yes. which is amazing. Um and even then, like, I think this is the year that they kind of didn't fuck around with mobile too much. They actually did do fairly well with mobile. You know what? Uh, they one of their greatest accomplishments, I think, was releasing a game that didn't cost you a hundred dollars and is still fun to play without having to pay into it. Which would be uh, what's it called? Final Fantasy Record Keeper. Yep. Yeah. There's Record Keeper. Yeah. 
and even then like just some of the new stuff. I, I think in terms of like the fact that like Square Enix is expanding its palette and no longer simply relying on like Final Fantasy and going out and doing things especially just by merit of like I said Life is Strange and the fact that they stuck behind that and that they're also I mean Sleeping Dogs I know that's old but like the fact that they're like putting into releasing it re-releasing it and as well just staying on top of I think at this point this is the first time that I feel like they're not just falling back on the laurels of their like their I I would say their stance, their like iconic stature uh, among players in the video game community, and like yeah, everything from like Cloud, like being worked with corroboration with fucking Nintendo for Smash Brothers to like the fact that even little things like extending the life of Final Fantasy XI for consoles for at least another eight months due to fan demand. Oh wow, really? Okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah, like they're do they they've done a lot of different little things to kind of vindicate like some of their shitty behavior. I mean, mm-hmm. they're still they're they've still done some shitty things like man, can we talk about Final Fantasy VI on Steam? Shit is ugly. Talk <laughs> about ugly. U G L Y fucking square. You got all that money with no alibi. This shit is ugly. Dumb. Anyway, so yeah, there's so that. dumb for real. It's fucking dumb for real. Mm-hmm. Like check yourself before you really wreck, wreck, wreck yourself. Um, so yeah, I I feel like Square Enix has definitely, I in my opinion, mm-hmm. they've they've done they've done enough to warrant their their stance on the list. Now, in terms of Exceed, I you know I want to say like Exceed's always going to do something out of the ordinary, and like especially with like some of the stuff they've done for PC. Yeah, but I don't feel like they've particularly like like all right last year i think i think like, x seed is probably like obviously maybe not in terms of the actual games that they release but how they release the games uh no company has done more lavish special editions with all kinds of awesome extra content as x seed right but i feel like at this point yeah, that's all they've you, really got going even atlas doesn't really do a lot of that much anymore i mean they do mm. sometimes but it's not really as crazy also, is anyone here else uh, ex- as excited as I am for the new uh, release of Odin Sphere on PS4? Mm-hmm. I am going to hit that like the fist of an angry god. I mean, I, I love I love me some vanillaware stuff, man. So yes. I'm, I'm looking forward to that one for sure. Hey, man, if they can cut it down to one type of currency, I'm all about it. But until <laughs> yes. then, I caught on. It seems kind of hard. Yeah, you know, I don't think Sony. I, as a publisher, has not a horse so in this much. race, yeah. Not like, really. Not really. They didn't really put out a lot. I mean, what they not had really. the order, they had Uncharted. Yeah, not to uh, mention they ceased production on all Vita. Well, yeah, but like, what in about terms all of the hardware, indie stuff? Though, I mean, obviously, in, with, in terms of hardware, I mean, obviously, PS4 was the top selling console of the year. And mm-hmm. I think they definitely should be applauded for time. Like, Sony is like, they are the front runner, which yeah. hasn't been the, the case in a long time. Like, Sony has been like, I guess the, the second place to Xbox for so many years to see Sony be the top dog now, like is kind of crazy. But like they're they're back on top where they need to be, and that's that's, that's yeah, great. But that, hardware production, applauded. hardware production isn't Aside. publishing either. You know, so no, I, I totally agree with that. I totally agree. I with think that. Wait, 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 I think wait, wait, what wait, I want. One. I, I chose this one. I want to plead it a little bit. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay, but so before for you order, do, okay. because there is one thing I just want to say. Um, in terms of their actual releases, there have been very little that haven't been remakes. 
Okay. Well, mm-hmm. so we've got Bloodborne. We've got Until Dawn. Yeah, but Bloodborne was also from Studio as well, or from yeah, Software. It a, but yeah. it also, okay, but it was it's a Sony exclusive, also Sony published, and Japan mm-hmm. Studio, which is a it's second a party of Sony. Yeah, yeah. it's a Sony. Mm-hmm. So, all right, so that's one. All right, then we've got Until Dawn. Which, surprise hit, I'd say, for sure. Yeah. It's still coming. very under the radar. A lot of people still very, don't know what still, it is. Still, still, which is kind of crazy. But to come from like being a PS3 move game to what it is now is kind of, yeah. Which yeah. you know that doesn't surprise me, being from Quantic Dream. It's not. It's not. No, actually, I it was. Yeah. The crazy it, it, thing about this came out of Heavy Rain or something like no, that. No, no. The no? developer behind this game is also the same developer that did like move games on the PS3 originally. Like I want to say, like they did like Start the Party or something ridiculous like yeah. that. Yeah, like if you if you look up the developer's history, um, uh, Until Dawn's using the Killzone engine that they have on PS4. But yeah, actually, um, let me look it up real quick here for all the fans at home. Uh, it is published by, I'm sorry, developed by Supermassive Games. Um, they originally, let's see, previous games they had. <laughs> okay, check this out. Previously to this, they did Walking with Dinosaurs on PS3, Little Big Planet, PS Vita, Killzone HD on PS3, Doctor Who: The Eternity Clock, Little Big Planet 2 DLC content, Start the Party, uh, yeah. Boy's Prehistoric Moves. Uh, yep. So they did DLC for Little Big Planet. And they did a couple of move games. That's pretty much all they did up until this point. Which wow. is kind of crazy. Which I mean, hey, like that's you know, I'm glad they turned it around because they weren't really known for a lot before that. But even then, like, just some of the stuff that they fucking locked down, like... The exclusives, absolutely, absolutely. And, like, the the Shemu stuff and all that, they were able to kind of be a part of. Absolutely. And, uh, and, and again, just some of this, the like, the indie games that they've been able to lock down, such as Nuclear Throne and, like, Night in the Woods and, like, other stuff that, like, I feel, like, has been disregarded like within the capacity of a console space and that like they like again yeah the the vita thing is a kick to the gut i i totally understand but hey i mean it's there's still there of, there's a lot of lost potential right and you know they're still supporting it they but they're still supporting it on a playstation plus membership status you know what i mean like they're yeah. still like here well, i guess i guess that's what xd is for right well, right, but even then, like, they're just, like, a lot of the other stuff that they've done for exclusive content, even in a in a level for games that they didn't directly publish, but mm-hmm. I guess, yeah, I don't know, that. I, I guess that wouldn't really be used as a criteria for best publisher, but I feel like between the stuff that they've, like, definitely helped brought back, which, granted, yes, a lot of remakes, but there was some original IP, they, they took, like, some stabs on some IP, and they've really only burned us once. And like even then, like I'll I'll take one like one burn in in in, a, in opposition to like everything else. And even then, like they were the first to bring us Hotline Miami too before anyone else. Uh, like the shit, the fact that they've got like timed exclusivity to fucking Hyperlight Drifter, like they they've gone out of their way to really ensure that like they can bring distinctive games in a in a way that I don't think they've done since the PlayStation Two. Like, that's the vibe I've gotten from Sony this year, especially with some of the games that they've helped, like, brought. I mean, granted, they've had very few shades of that between, like, you know, what they did in PlayStation during PlayStation 3's time. But I don't know. I 
I, I want to definitely throw my hat behind Sony, but I would have to say that as far as uh, all the games that we have kind of made a case for, oh, man. I, hmm. Yeah, Sony, I, I'd, I'd say Sony is is convincing, but it's not strong in comparison. So uh, Activision is poop. <laughs> your, cat, your cat disagrees with Activision yeah. as well. I know my cat. My cat's going nuts again as usual. Um, the new the new train for PPR. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> or uh, my I, sub pump. My sub pump will become the new train this year. Jeez, <laughs> I'm sure. I, I would have right. to say it's between Square Enix and uh, Xseed for me, man. I'm. You know what? I chose Xseed uh, myself, but I think I'd like to throw my wild card in here. All right. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, one that didn't make the list that I also chose was Dejica. And Dejica is sort of a new upstart within the last year or so, uh, making a real push for some very, uh, very niche games that really do deserve a lot of attention. Uh, notably, they've been making a lot of strides in the shoot 'em up uh, arena, mm-hmm. uh, bringing to Steam, of all things, stuff from uh, companies such as Cute and Cave. So, like, for the first time in North America, we were able to get Mushihime Sama HD which uh, was only a region-locked title on the Xbox 360 previously. And, you know, stuff like The Amazing Eskatos, which was, again, only on the Xbox 360 uh, in Japan, although it was region-free. The thing about Dejica, though, not just because they, they went out of their way to make, uh, to make all of these great games, and, you know, other stuff, too, like uh, really big titles such as RPG Maker MV, for example, making that available to Western... Uh, Western armchair devs, right? Um, And many, many more titles that, uh, you know, if you watch Bullet Heaven HD, you've seen a bunch of them. And they've been, you know, really, really good uh, at, you know, providing review materials for us. But what's real, what really sets them apart is that they, they put a lot of effort into making sure that their, their productions are of the quality that the people that buy them expect. Shmup players are, are a very fickle bunch. If you've ever been to the Shmup forums, you'd know that. They're a salty group over there. And when Mushihime-sama was launched, there were a few faults within the programming that they immediately fixed. And within a week, it was it was up to par. Same thing with Eskatos. They found a couple of bugs that were immediately addressed. And they've gone into it full tilt with a kind of resolve that you very, very rarely see. Especially from an independent dev such as Dejika. And they're so small, but they put so much of their their weight behind even the tiniest issues. And they engage with their audience consistently and constantly. So I think that is... Uh, those are the reasons that I would definitely uh, consider, at least, Dejica for being the best publisher this year. Kind of reminds me of like a Devolver, you know, digital, yes, kind of yeah. like that kind of a publisher where they really get behind, like, you know, games that fans want to see. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Uh, they were also they were also behind Darius Burst, which was just recently. Oh yeah, on the Sony and, systems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's on PlayStation Four, the Vita, and Steam, yeah. and it's a game that has over three thousand stages in it, which is kind of mind boggling. Hmm. But uh, but yeah, they they teamed up with Taito and Pyramid, and uh, I think the uh, there's another one, another company in there, AC, which yeah, they they came together and they released a nearly perfect product. In terms of uh, stability and playability. Hmm. Hmm. Well, so that's your pick then. 
pretty convincing pick, man. All right. It is for me though with best publisher just an overall like I guess success as a publisher and also you know, I'm looking at this list and there's a few that I'm just like, ah, you know, I mean, yeah, they're successful, but at the same time, like, what have they really done? What have they accomplished in the year? What have they really strived for? Um, to me personally, I guess I personally would pick Square Enix only because they did have success as a publisher, but they did turn around a public opinion of, of what they were accomplishing or what they were doing in the same vein that, like, you get publishers like EA and Activision that have a lot of, like, just overall, like, the, the, the a lot the, of detractors. Very much so, and people like really like saying, "Man, like you guys are terrible. You guys do bad business. You guys do things that are shady. You guys do things that aren't, you know, consumer friendly." And I feel like they turned it around from what they were talking about doing last year, like when they were kind of bashing on Tomb Raider for not being a critical or, uh, or I should say, a financial success for how many copies it sold. Like people were like, "Man, like you guys are fucking idiots. Like what are you talking about? You're so out of touch." Like that's not true at all. Tomb Raider is an amazing game. It sold really well, but for them to like take our RPGs and kind of be so like set on this is what people want in their RPGs, this is the games they want to play, and then taking their, you know, I guess their idea of what an RPG is supposed to be and trying to like at least start steering in the direction of what fans wanted and what they want to see. Um, yeah, I think they, they, they've made great strides to kind of change around their concept of like what they are as a publisher in the same way that. I think Xbox has this year. You know, I think Xbox maybe even would have been an ideal choice for this one if publishing had meant like on the hardware side of things. Like I think Xbox did a lot this year to change their public opinion and change the way they were perceived as a company. I think Square Enix kind of kind of did that as well, but they did because they're trying to listen to the fans. Finally, they're trying to listen to what the consumer wants and not just what stockholders want or what Japan wants. You know, they're trying to really listen and see what Americans want in terms of like the consoles and the games that release here in the states. So. I, I do think Square Enix is trying to improve. I think that's something that should be applauded. So, um, I mean, overall, I like the smaller publishers. And I think they need all the recognition in the world. But I do feel like Square Enix, I, I think for me, takes this for this one. Yeah, I'm going to have to, again, Dejica, uh, I definitely acknowledge, and especially with RPG Maker, like they've really done what they can to kind of at least, if anything, given themselves a name. Uh, to where, like, I can definitely see them showing up more, uh, both digitally in distribution and even doing more stuff for consoles. And especially, I mean, considering what they've already done and the direction they've taken, I mean, if they really take advantage of, like, the Vita's situation and, like, the install base in the Vita, that it can definitely go even further. But, yeah, in terms of, like, not only what Square Enix has, like, gone out to rectify as well as what they've gone out to done and even, like, what they've sought, uh, set out to do and cover for 2016 going forward, they they definitely improved and they turned my opinion around. Much like the way Nintendo did last year. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm going to go with Square Enix on this one. All right. So majority, Square Enix. They have won the Golden Zonkey for the best publisher of 2015. You are and I'll support that too, because like uh, it does take a quite a bit of guts to uh, admit your mistakes. And uh, there was one quest line in Final Fantasy XIV where they, the studio heads of the game, profusely apologized for how Vanilla XIV turned out. There you go. Yeah, and the fact exactly. And even then, they're like, okay, not only are we going to have Realm Reborn, like basically go out and correct everything that we promised what 14 was supposed to be 
but we're going to release additional expansions and we're going to stay on top of it and support it. And there, and again, you're still doing this all while like trying to make the transition from 11 to 14 as smooth as possible to where 11 is still even going to keep going after like they kill off its console support. So that's the one thing, man. That, the one thing I'm going to miss is playing it on 360 because that's the only like high fidelity version in terms of visuals because it's still it's very it, it's definitely a game that shows its age on the PC. Um, but anyway, yeah, let's go ahead and move on to the next category. We've got the best tear-jerking writing of 2015. Best tear-jerking writing. Golden for that. And yeah, just to some further exposition and, and to clarify what this title essentially means, this is a, this is a uh, award for games that just really, they gave you the feels, man. Put you on a field trip. You went on the field train. You read, you just, you know, you rode those feels all the way home. And then afterwards, you woke up with those feels. Like, it's it's just something that stuck with you, and it it, 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 it really did just leave an impression uh, emotionally and mentally. Or at least, at the very least, it, it, it there was a lot of provocative thought, uh, especially from a personal level. If a, the game was capable of doing that, then, yeah, this is... This is the award for said game. So okay. we've got the nominees. Oh, oh no, I was going to say, go ahead. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about the nominees, and I kind of want to throw in something. All right, so yeah. we've got Life is Strange, Undertale, Tales from the Borderlands, and Soma. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to kind of just, I guess, preface this by saying that I chose Tales from the Borderlands just for the writing. Not necessarily for, like, I guess emotional writing or at least like thought provoking writing, just good writing overall. So I think in terms of this category, I guess that's the only selection I threw in the hat because I thought the writing was really well done. I didn't really play a lot of emotional experiences this year. I'm kind of known for that in a lot of ways with the telltale stuff, especially like walking dead and, you know, games of that nature, uh, gone home, things like that. I didn't play a lot of emotionally driven games in terms of the writing this year. So I kind of feel like I don't really have a, a car to play in this category. Like I, like I said, I chose Tales from the Borderlands because of the writing, but I don't think it qualifies as emotionally driven writing. So well, no, I, I, I know, but I, 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 I don't know if we should really consider it. You know what I mean? I I'm agree just saying with like, you though. I mean, all right, yeah. well let, okay. By merit of the fact that it took something as insignificant and as shallow as Borderlands and like the, it's it a world, flushed it out. Yeah. And actually flushed it out and made it like a, immersive world and and there are certain scenes that have more charisma in it than all of the other borderlands games combined mm -hmm. and like there are characters that you identify with like it was able it was able to do something with it without like relying completely and solely on like the carnal dynamics and mechanics of like borderlands like fucking shoot and develop formula because there was not it had to rely on nothing but characterization nothing but investment so I mean, while the emotion may not have been there, it was thought-provoking enough to where it left a, a mark on you and you thought about it. And, like, you could probably go at the end of the day and I'm like, hey, you know, the world of Borderlands actually sounds like a pretty There's cool place they'd come back lot, to. A lot, lot more there than you thought. Yeah, for sure. I agree. But in terms of these other these other nominees in this category, I haven't played any of these, so I don't really have much to say about any of them. But I, I could definitely know, just knowing you and knowing what you've played so far... I think you'll definitely have a pretty strong argument for at least one of them. The other, the other two, I'm not sure if you played them. You may have, um, but I know you definitely have a strong, probably emotional attachment to one of them. So I feel um, like that's going to be hard to ignore. 
I have a strong emotional attachment to uh, both of them. Yeah. But one of them already contained the advantage of allowing me to project more of myself and what I do and gave me more freedom. Like the other one was very intent on telling a story and pulled at my strings of the human condition. So there was that one. However, this one introduced me and into something that made me really question or it made me really feel things. Even when like I was trying to game it and in in the process, in, in spite of that, it made me feel awful for uh, certain things. And then at the same time, it there are times where it really came through. And yeah, I, I'm talking about Undertale. Undertale was like hmm. the game that I did not see coming. Like, I'm surprised. I thought I thought you were gonna have the more, I guess, emotionally charged. A life uh, is strange. Art. Yeah, the argument yeah. was for Life is Strange. Honestly, it it was. It was very emotionally charged. However, I felt like, and I'm not gonna go into specifics. However, while I enjoyed it, I felt like how they the conclusion of it is a bit too polarizing to the point where it's almost, I, I wouldn't say comparative, but like falls victim to the same sort of complex and flaws that Mass Effect did, especially when it had like so much buildup and content leading up to something that like felt very binary in the end, especially when one of those binary choices really, I felt had little to no relation to like the personal characterization involved with those characters in like, the the conflicts and struggles that you like went through especially during some there there are particular moments that, where i feel like they are almost invalidated and like not in a like ironic like insightful wes anderson way just like like it, it, it and it, I, i'm i'm really just like bordering on lines of trying not to reel too much but uh i i'm not saying that the game doesn't finish strong but it definitely does not finish as strong as it could now mm -hmm. undertale on the other hand finishes very strong in fact it finishes in, in ways where like people are still replaying it just for like three to four like little variations very inconsequential variations with variations enough that feel warranted because of the investment and engagement that the world that it, it weaves gives and like just the level of investment to, to essentially quantify like going back and revisiting it just in a certain way just so you can experience it in its entirety like the same way like when I think back to it and again like I'm still really trying to get on the same level with that game as you guys I never will but like I would say that this sort of feeling is comparable especially with Sarah to the way you guys like fell in love with Persona 4 to the point where Sarah said he replayed it the moment he finished it mm -hmm. yeah like or, I would or for say, me, like, or for like me, like Mass Effect or something like that. Exactly. Like there <laughs> was, there are moments to where, because again, it's it's not even just like the the main gimmick of it, like really selling it. It's the execution of the gimmick. Like, so just in case nobody's in the know, like the big thing about this RPG is that like you can go through the entire game without like killing anyone or even hurting anyone. You can basically approach the, every conflict in that game diplomatically. And actually build relationships and develop your character and your relations and your actions so will have an effect. It kind of pulls an epic Mickey then. Well, uh, but like it does it way better. Like way fucking better. Yeah. It's to the point where like the entire dynamic of the game will change as to where you can do the exact opposite. And like 
just you know go the traditional RPG route. But even then, you won't. There are times where you really won't feel good, and the game the intentionally kind of makes you like it, it's to the point where the game kind of even like pulls back. And there is a neutral way where like you know certain times the game won't even like it'll be very it won't allude to like any sort of uh, mood or or uh, chemistry or, or I don't know any vibe in the air so to speak between like you know what's going on and the dialogue being exchanged and just the setting of the game overall as to whether or not you should feel anything in particular but there are certain moments especially if you do decide to take the more violent approach to where you feel remorse you feel regret like there and especially to the point where I'm like I don't even why am I even committing to this and you, and you feel awful and the game this, does not pull any punches. I don't understand this though. This game seems like not even close to that. Like I don't understand. Like are they purposely kind of like I guess marketing this game as something else and then just being really super deep and like extremely emotional when you play yeah, it? Because I mean, let's just say this. Like, and while people may argue that like the action or the because it looks like Earthbound, it looks yeah. just like Earthbound. It's it's it, it's a love letter to Earthbound, but on a way deeper level. That's crazy. Please. Like I, I, I'm looking at the features of the game. Here's what they list as features: uh, killing is unnecessary. Negotiate out of danger using the unique battle system. Time your attacks for extra damage. Then dodge enemy attacks in a style reminiscent of top-down shooters. Original art and soundtrack brimming yep. with personality. Soulful, character-rich story with an emphasis on humor, created mostly by one person. Become friends with all the bosses. At least five dogs. You can date a skeleton. Hmm. Now there are six dogs. Maybe you won't want to date the skeleton. I thought I found a seventh dog, but it was actually just the third dog. Yeah. If you play this game, <laughs> can you count the dogs for me? I'm not good at it. Like, that's the actual features of the game on the official website. Like, yeah. it seems like it's supposed to be super it's, funny, but, it like, it, it's funny. super deep. It, it, oh. oh, it's incredibly deep. Like, it is deceptively deep to the point where, like, I can definitely, like, I cried. It was really, like... If anything, I'm really glad with the order that I chose, too. And apparently, somebody told me that there's an Easter egg that I will reveal like in, when playing the game in its entirety because of the order and priority of choices I made. But it's very it's choice-driven. It's incredibly choice-driven. Which, again, yeah, they do not hint at that at all. The writing, everything is so brilliantly done. And I would say that even like the choreography and just like the pacing, both like just from even even character animations and stuff like that, it's carried out in like a way where less is almost more, especially within like a Super Metroid way. But the dialogue, like the writing, is absolutely amazing. Like just just from like, it's a game that will most definitely make you laugh out loud. But it's a game that will make you feel. It will make you think, especially uh, with other points. And yeah, and just even that's the one like the one knock about it is I feel like the battle system is much richer. And much more complex, and I would also say more rewarding when you take things in the pacifist route and you try to like negotiate like the entire situation without any violence. When you go the violent way, it almost simplifies it to the point where it kind of takes away from the character. But then they they supplement that with like dialogue exchanges between everything, and then tonal changes. Like every it's it's fucking insane, dude. Like and and they incorporate everything everything that's just so forward thinking and progressive within like the human condition and that's like a big element because it's it's about like a world where human and monsters can't coexist and there's this like deeper conflict that you're like thrown into with little or nothing that that slowly evolves and the main character is a cipher so you project and interject as much 
as you can out of it, but that's pretty much it. Which is, you know, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but again, uh, later down the line, we'll, we'll probably discuss this game. But yeah, in terms of writing, I don't know, man. Like, Life is Strange, definitely, it it's amazing writing, but like, it didn't make me feel the way Undertale did. Soma made me feel too, I played it a little bit, but mostly it made me feel in ways that I didn't want to feel. Um, but, it, I mean, I would have to say that that, like, I, I thought, you know, the, the new direction for horror would be the Five Nights at Freddy's route and in, in how, like, deceptive and, like, how minimalistic and carnal it is. But no, nah, man, Soma, Soma is the future of horror games. Um, but it, it, but it does that because of brilliant writing. However, it, 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 it isn't something, if anything, it gives me hope that, like, you know, stuff like maybe PT will resurface of the, with a spiritual successor or something to that effect. It's, it's very, it's very reminiscent of PT for those who uh, have like somewhat heard of Soma, but not too familiar with it. And I think I'm pretty confident if, I don't know, I, I would say that it's, it's definitely an interesting direction for that, that sort of style and design of game. But yeah, for me, it's Undertale, man. I, I just bought it. <laughs> like I, I, I just went Steam and I just bought it. Like I, um, that, let me just that, say this. You know how GameFAQs does those like reader polls for like the best mm -hmm. game ever? Yeah, Undertale won every category. Jesus Christ! Every it, like I thought it was trolly at first. I'm just like, all right, you can't say it. I like, I don't think I could say that Undertale is better than Super Mario World in terms of like just period like in video games at large. But like, I will say that like. It, you know, if if somebody put this game in their top ten list of like of all time, I could see why. Mm. Like, I, yeah, it was it was an I'm, insane. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to play it. Yeah, yeah, I'm really excited to play it. So like, that's the thing. The, the only knock that I can give against it is that like like mechanically, in terms of like physical gameplay, uh, the violence route isn't as rewarding. However, the dialogue, narrative, and even like the settings will change and reflect. Like these decisions, that's like the more interesting part. But the same could be said about the pacifist route as well. But yeah, it's it's very deep. But anyway, yeah, that's me. I'm sorry. I know I just went off on this huge rant, but like, oh, it I, I, I think we sold the game for sure. Um, how do you feel about this category, Sayer? Do you have a opinion on a lot of these games? I'm not sure if you played any of these ones. I just bought Undertale. <laughs> Fuck! There you go. Well, I I, I guess that one wins, doesn't it? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> yeah, you, quite, you literally just sold the game to two people just now. Oh man! Yeah, I seriously I, I went think, to Steam and I bought it. Like I was like, yeah, what? like I think in. Sarah will especially love it because, like, in the battle, like, especially when you're playing pacifist and defensive, it it's all bullet hell style. You like have to dodge and do a lot of things. There are times, for example, where it's even color coordinated. There are Ikaruga elements where, like, oh, you're blue, so you can't move, but you can take this color of like attack. And you'll be fine. Like, yeah. the way it changes it, yeah. Like, I think that alone will, like, really, like, be fun for you, Sarah. And, dude, it get, like, the final boss battle? Fuck that shit. That shit is straight, like, like some goddamn, uh, starts with a D that you, oh, fuck. What, uh, Death Smiles? No, no, no. The other one. The one that sounds way more Japanese. D. Starts with D? Yeah. Da... Dida, da day. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. It's a shmup, man. You, it's like one of your favorites. It's on Saturn. It's on. Oh, uh, Dodonpachi. Yeah, dude, some mm. Dodonpachi shit. Like, 
for real. Like, it gets stupid. <laughs> but, alright, alright, I guess Undertale won. <laughs> Undertale won, yep. Unanimous. And I haven't even played it, but I, I will concede to your opinion on that one. I, dude, let's just say, like, with the route that I've chosen, I don't want to spoil it, but, like, within the very beginning, you have, like, if you choose to go a certain way, like, it'll especially, like, you'll either feel, like, really warm, like, warmer than you thought you would in a hilarious way, away, or really, just really dark in, like, you question your sense of, like, value in terms of, like, should I feel remorseful or should I be more pragmatic? And then you kind of, like, teeter, I'm like, this is really sociopathic of me. Like, it's weird. It makes you think that way. But anyway, all right. Um, I would like to say one thing, though, just a prediction for next year's category for best tear jerking writing of uh, 2016 when we go to make that uh, decision. I'm going to predict it right now. And I kind of want to just bring this up because I, I remember this moment very vividly. And I, I don't want to talk about it in too much detail because I know it's kind of an emotional situation for you, George. Um, but it's releasing this month. So I just want to throw it out there for people that have not seen this yet, who have not played it. Uh, it was originally only available on the Ouya, which we all know how that worked out. Um, there's a game coming out this month called That Dragon Cancer. And I, I think that's going to take it. And I think that's a game that's going to be really hard to play. Like, I, I actually think of myself trying to play that game right now. And it almost makes me want to cry thinking about it. Um, especially now being a father, you know, having my daughter now. And, and when we saw this game originally at PAX a few years ago, um, I wasn't. I wasn't a father at the time. And and I think that game, just I, I think it has to be brought up because I don't know if people are gonna really know about it if it's gonna be on their radar. So I really implore everyone that has the ability to to check it out if, if you can. I know it's gonna be kind of a hard experience to have to play through, but I, I think that kind of game has to be played. And, and I hope that when we come time to pick the category uh, for next year, I think that game's gonna take it. Um, that's just my prediction. But I, I wanted to throw it out just more because. Um, when we were at PAX, I, I did not play it. I, I couldn't even attempt to. George did what he could, and he had to walk away. Um, that that's oh, the kind dude, of experience. I was, I was breaking down. I was crying. Like, and, 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 and and like I said, I said from my experience, like not really knowing a lot of people that have suffered from or maybe succumbed to cancer, but being a father, I could definitely see that as being like a really hard experience to have to play through. But I think it has to be something that's played through. Um, I think those kinds of games don't happen very often. Uh, so I really implore a lot of people to check it out when it does come out. It's supposed to release this month. Um, and you know what? I think, um, you know, given, you know, how many people are touched by that particular affliction. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a game that everyone should play. I agree. I, I agree. Everyone should, regardless of, of, you know, personal experience or personal attachment. But I, I know just looking at it and knowing what kind of, you know, what kind of message it sends, um, man, like, like I said, I get emotional just thinking about playing it, but I still know it's something I should, I should get, I should go through and should do it, you know, just to have that experience, I guess. But, um, yeah, that's just my prediction. I think that'll be the winner for it next year, but it's more, not so much predicting it just to say, okay, I, I, I told you so, but I want people to know that's coming out. I want people to know that's a thing. Like, I think it should be more aware of, of that game's release and people should play it. Yeah, noted, and uh, I will definitely uh, be covering it this month. It's going to be a uh, challenge, but considering it's been a while, far removed, I don't know, it, especially, uh, as Sarah was mentioning, if you have experience with that sort of thing, which I did, act, it was actually a, a little too close to the time um, that you played it originally. Right, in terms mm -hmm. of, like, you know, my my personal uh, disposition 
around the subject at large and like my my distance and my closure on the subject yeah it's it's very poignant and it's done in a incredibly poignant way in both writing and direction but yeah we'll we'll definitely cover that more Oh, man. Hey, what's going on, dude? How you doing? Uh, well, same old, same old, really. <laughs> ah, well. Ah, dude. Ah, what? How'd you do that? What happened? I, I tweaked something. I tweaked it. I think I tweaked Jeez. my elbow. God, oh, now that's the wrong kind ear- of tweak. It's these earbuds I wear. Like I think I'm gonna be working out, so I want to have the right earbuds to work out and run. But I end up just tripping over them and, and hurting myself, like I just did. Yeah, you're subscribing to the wrong mm. kind of tweak there, pal. I mean, mm. speaking of earbuds, tweaked audio. Jesus. Tweaked audio. Dude, they're tangle-free. Tangle-free earbuds that come in seven different styles and colors. And not only that, they allow for mic'd and non-mic'd versions. So that way you can use them anytime you're, I don't know, calling for a doctor. Because it sounds like you're in a lot of pain. Right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, those, they, those cost way too much money, though. I, I don't think I could afford a pair of earbuds that don't tangle. Because they all do. They well, always tangle up. <sighs> You know, dude, they are designed to sound great, and they're really cool for just about anything you need them for is because they got noise-reducing design. So with all these sweet features, you'd be in luck because we currently have a code that you can use on tweakedaudio.com right now. It's PPR. You just got to type PPR, and you'll be set from there. It's easy enough. Hey, Sarah, can you help me out, man? Like, I think I really hurt something. I need some help. Can you prop me up, please? Dude, what happened? Get up, man. So you you, te- you tripped over these things? Yeah, I, more like I fell over them, I think. <laughs> Honestly, Man, I hurt myself pretty bad. Why don't you have any tweaked? I mean, they're compatible with iPods, iPhones, and Android devices, so you really have no excuse. I mean, I guess, but like you said, there's a discount code. But I mean, am I really going to save a lot, you think, with this? Because I, sure. I really can't afford... I, I, I honestly tear up all my earbuds, like, all the time. Well, 33% off with free shipping and a lifetime warranty? How could you afford not to, dude? lifetime of warranty would be amazing because I'm very, very clumsy. And also I, I live on a limited income because I buy way too many earbuds. So I need to buy <laughs> one. Ear, I need to buy one pair and be done. So I think this is the one I'm going to get, man. Go to www.tweakedaudio.com and get your shit sorted out. Yeah, dude, enter in the code PPR and you can get 33% off some new earbuds. Uh, but before we do that, let's, let's get you to the nearest emergency uh, care. Yeah. 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 Can we ice this? Thank you. Okay, next category, which in in dude, I'm pretty sure you're right. By the way, you will, who knows? Because yeah. I don't really know. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that one's may, definitely may, gonna be there. May, maybe I will be proven wrong. I hope so. Uh, next category would be best mobile game, mm-hmm. and we again best mobile game. It's funny with like the Vita being uh, more or less abandoned this year, and the 3DS kind of like just like a big wet fart. Uh, it's like iOS is like fucking high and large in fact three of these games are ios or android at the very least like they are like smartphone or app games so uh the category the nominees are for best mobile game of 2015 we've got star billions uh Lorecroft go again uh fallout shelter and earth defense force 2 invaders from planet space which i love that fucking subtitle man mm. yeah 
She just throw killer clowns in there just for fun. Right? <laughs> yeah. So, me personally, I... Okay, so I want to champion Star Billions, but I feel like it, it it's going to be a game that will definitely carry on more uh, and get more exposure into this year. And I think it, it just didn't have the time to shine, but I think it definitely did something in terms of, like, narrative... Like, it, it, it does something brave for, like, an iOS game to where it actually, like, it lets you play it at your pace. Like, every iOS game is, like, determined to have you play it to the point where your fucking phone dies. Like, that, that's been, like... That's been the mantra for, like, game design on app games for years. And, like, Star Billions actually goes, like, the exact opposite. And it's just like, no, you're going to have to wait for a little bit. And it doesn't do it behind a paywall. It actually has, like, a mini game that you can play. And depending on how much you play the mini game, you can actually manipulate and speed up the clock. But you can do different things uh, that will give you the freedom of whether or not you want to play it. And just between the writing and the visuals, it's really good. Uh, however, I think my pick for this, especially with how well it was done uh, within the legacy of games that it's had out. And I feel like this is a game that like is just going to be, again, overlooked. But like in terms of like all the others out there, and, and granted, like... I reviewed probably all the 3DS games except for Majora's Mask. So, like, especially Nintendo first-party games. They're, they're all very fucking underwhelming. Uh, one of them, like, which I thought was great, which was Xenoblade, was a port. I have that game. And it's not, and, and it's not even, like, it wasn't even a port that, like, made sense to me. Because it's not something that I would imagine I'd get the most, uh, I, I guess, utility out of in a, in a portal setting. So, I mean, Triforce Heroes, that just sucked. It was, it was stupid. Um, Pokemon Super Mystery Dungeon, it's cool, but it's Mystery Dungeon. So, you know, there's that. Like, the, the 3DS, with, eh, it, it, that's all I can really say. It's, it's just a very, like, it's a George Costanza, like, yeah. I really but, did enjoy Chibi Robo. It was a pretty fun game, but I pretty much stand alone in thinking that. Yeah, I, man, Chibi Robo, I just felt like it was a little too rough from my time play with like what it was trying to employ but i know sometimes people having not played any of the others i'm pretty sure you know going into it with with without any expectations i'm pro i probably enjoyed it more than other people did based on their experiences with the other what three titles but uh but yeah no uh chibi robo i i thought it was good um not fant i wouldn't say fantastic but uh it definitely had its merits yeah I mean, sweet amiibo. Had that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm going to go with Earth Defense Force 2, Invaders from Planet Space. That <laughs> if You're talking about like a 3D EDF game that's like, it keeps up the fast frenetic action and is able to do so like within a screen that compact and like an interface that like is a little tricky to work with under those conditions. It did it very well. And I, I mean, I had a lot of fun. I didn't get to play it as much as I did, but out of all of these, I definitely it, it left more of an impression. And also, uh, between all the other EDF games that were done in a portable scale, that's the only one that I think worked. Not only worked, but it was fun. Like, oh, okay, this is functional and it's fun. It's just like, you know, the dumb EDF fun that I've had before. So that that would be my pick. Um, but... It, bear, it it was a marginal decision over Star Billions. If you guys have a fucking iPhone uh, or an iPad, get Star Billions. You, you won't regret it. I, I promise you. 
it's just delightful in so many different ways. Like, that's my personal choice. But yeah, Earth Defense Force 2 is going to gun it for me. I want to be sold on this game because I know, I know, Sayer, you're a big fan of EDF, and I've seen a lot of these games. I actually owned quite a few of them for 360 myself, but never really got into them. Why, why Vita? Why mobile? Why, why does this game work on portable? Because I feel like, for me, in this category, I haven't played Star Billions. Um, Fallout Shelter, I think, is just because it's popular, but I don't think it looks like a fun game. Like, really, I don't think it looks like a good game to play. I think it's just because it's, it's popular. It's just addicting. Yeah, it's Fallout, but... But is it addicting because of the fact that, like, you have to, like, I don't know. I just feel like it has that same it's, kind of, like, it, how, it, it how really... Farmville is addictive because you have to feel like you feel like you have to do this. Like, I have to do this. Not necessarily I want to. Like, it's addictive because I have to do it. Yeah, I will definitely, you know, I, I will, I will go along with that. It's, it's... I mean, is that fun? Is that fun? You know, to have, like, chores and, like, things you have to do? <laughs> like, I don't know. I just don't <laughs> think that's an experience I would really want to do. Like, I don't want to do this as a job, you know. But, I mean, that's just me personally. But I'm really interested in EDF because I have a Vita. I have the access to get this game. But, you know, as opposed to the console version that came out on the PS4, like, why Why did EDF, why does it work on Vita? I will tell you why. Uh, the Earth Defense Force 2, Invaders from Planet Space, uh, never saw a U.S. release. It was released in Japan as part of the Simple Series, and it saw a release in Europe as Global Defense Force. But the PlayStation 2... Uh, for for everything that it does, and it should be lauded for everything that it does, because it did a really good job considering, uh, just couldn't keep up. So there'd be times where it'd be running at one frame per second. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so there's one with big the, fucking pixel in the middle. Like, here it is. <laughs> yeah. With um, with the Vita, though, uh, it's it's able to keep up with the mayhem. And it's actually, if you were to ask me, the most solid running Earth Defense Force game ever made. So to have the kind of action that it uh, that it flaunts around, uh, run at a good pace. But not only that, you've got like there's well over 50 missions to do in this game, and it's got online co-op. It's got ad hoc like local co-op, um, and each class that you have access to has over a hundred weapons to collect, which by the way are randomly picked up. Um, as you defeat enemies, they'll drop weapon and uh, w- weapon pickups. And at the end of the stage, if you can reach the end of the stage, then you're awarded with a random selection of weapons. So it's got this really addictive collect them all aspect. <laughs> you, you, you might have just fucking sold it just from that, man. You guys know how hardcore I've been about Destiny. It's all about getting those <laughs> weapons. It's all about getting those drops. Yeah, but you know yeah, what? It, it takes it even further because you have access, immediate access to any uh, difficulty you want on any mission you want. So you could p- play through it on easy or go through it on Inferno. And depending how high the difficulty, the better the weapons will be. Mm, mm. And you get to blow up shit, too. Yup. Mm-hmm. It, dude, mm-hmm. I'm telling you, it. Everything I did not is think, 100... I did not think the format would work well for it, but it actually does really well. 100% destructible cities. Plus, you should see the glass burst out of these buildings when you hit them with a rocket. Oh shit! Okay. Um, I'm just gonna say Laura Croft go because I feel like it needs to be chosen. <laughs> but I feel like I feel like you both are gonna pick EDF. But oh yeah, dude, I picked EDF. I'm going to have to look into it, man. I, I, I won't do it because I want to feel like it's not a landslide, but <laughs> um, I, I do want to play EDF, though. It looks kind of interesting to me. I just, oh, I guess, I, I guess, 
I guess I just didn't know, like, if I jump in, like, I, would I had had played the other ones to really invest time into this? No. Like, because no. I okay. barely played the other ones. Like, I played okay. them, but they're like, all right, this is fun. It takes like all like it, it it takes the same kind of charm and those like really simple accessible like shoot 'em up mechanics of mm-hmm. like just running around third person. Yet yeah, it and it applies it in a, then an environment and like a like frenetic like fucking pace that actually works. Like where I don't feel overwhelmed. I don't feel like I'm like not able to get all the action within like the scope of my view. Like, all those things that you would think would really hold back, like, other shooters who have tried to do, like, something like this for, um, it, it does it really, really well. So, uh, I don't know. I'm all about it. I have to jump on that. Okay, cool. We should all play it sometime. Dude, yeah. I might have to pick this one up, man. I was, I was torn between getting that or, um, because I, 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 I picked the one that I played on PS3 for RPG called, um, it was the Trails of Cold Steel. It was the new... Um, oh, yeah. I, I picked that up, too. And I was going to pick it up on Vita, and I'm kind of like torn between those. And I, I still want to get the new Danganronpa, but I haven't gotten that one yet, either. Cause... It's... Okay. I I have it, and I'm actually playing it more on like my PlayStation TV, and it actually scales really well to my mm-hmm. uh, TV. It's... It... <laughs> Gameplay-wise, it's uh-huh. okay. It's not. I just, wish, like, I just wish it was more like the other two Danganronpa games. No, like, it's completely really, different. I know it is. I know. I'm, I'm just like, eh, yeah. You know, it would I, be nice to maybe get like one like the first two. We're talking about Ultra Despair Girls, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, that's the thing. I think what it benefits from is if you're a fan of the first two, and you've like, like basically acclimated yourself to these characters and have kind of like roped yourself into this world that it convincingly changes things up within a spin-off that's like it's charming to play. It doesn't like it doesn't fucking reinvent the wheel in any way, but it's it has the same silly nonsense and like it'll it also does it in within a way that will work uh within a mobile field, but see like EDF is like 20 times faster than that game and it works like well. It does it's not even work like oh this is functional like I can do this. It's like Holy shit, it's fine. I'm weird. Like I can, oh, like, you know, I I don't I don't have to. Holy like, shit, that wave of vans. Let me get my grenade launcher. Yeah, like you know, you can just you can pinch a loaf and forget that you're completely pinching a loaf, like you know, and you wouldn't even realize it. You're you're just out there like fucking turtlehead spry, like shit's crowning, and like you'll <laughs> completely like it, you know, not since the likes of Pokemon have you like quite literally not given a shit, you know, and it's just like. <laughs> gotten dick down and dirty on like something especially this fast paced and moving which like again it's like i did not think that within in terms of like hardware and scope that it can do it but it does it well it was it was a very surprising pick but i i stand behind it mm, i might have to yeah okay possibly sold on that one fuck i can't be buying all these games man <laughs> <laughs> well Let's see. So it looks like Earth Defense Force won that, which I was surprised. I thought, but like you know, I again, it it, it was it was a cool surprise. Now this one, I think, is going to be the hardest out of all of them to re- like. I think this one's going to be harder to choose in the fucking game of the year. Um, but the next category, best indie game. Best indie game. So our nominees are Rocket League, Galaxy, The Dimensional, Her Story. An Axiom Verge. 
This is oh. going to be tough. Yeah. It's going to be so goddamn I, tough. I, I, None I, of us I, are going to choose I, I, the same I, one. No, I don't think so. I think we're all going to be torn. Yeah, I'm going to go out there and say that like these are all amazing games. If anything, yes. and, and while and, and like I, I was not too keen on Galaxy initially, but it got uh it actually got our golden zonkey of show at PAX when we first checked yes, it out. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. And I still have some like like the, the controls way smoother than when I initially played it. But like, yes, absolutely. It's much smoother. So I'm like, OK, I like this. I can get behind this. However, all these other games are fucking amazing. Her story. You want to talk like just a, a, a novelty aside, just the fact that they were able to make something like this a game. And like, it was just I, I'm just surprised that it's FMV. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't we talk? Didn't we joke about how we will not see a new FMV game? And I didn't think so. I didn't think <laughs> no, so. But we made this joke last year. This is like the self-fulfilling yeah, prophecy. That? It, it, that was like the wasn't the game that we're talking about. I forget what it was called, but it was a nominee for the three wheeled Mako of shame, wasn't it? That was the fighting game FMV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which will we stay dead? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We don't now, really need to know what it's called, but we know what we're talking about. Right? And, and I also think that in this category, with the exception of her story, all three of these games came out on the Sony platform. Like it came out on the PS4, and they were actually a pretty big deal. Rocket League, I mean, just. That's been a huge, huge thing, you know. Like it, it's like of, Microsoft had to strive to get like it. We have to get this on our platform and the streaming, the Twitch, you know, just like the overall like people are creating tournaments for this game. Like it, it's such a simple concept, and for it to come from, from a game that they originally had done on PSP that no one really cared for or liked at all, for it to like kind of evolve into this and what it's become yeah. now is kind of a huge deal. But I mean, yeah, I mean, like, I know PlayStation's been getting, like, super behind these games. I know Axiom Verge was, like, a big deal for, like, their summer of, like, uh, arcade, you know, indie-style game releases. Um, and, and Galaxy, like, yeah, you're right. We saw it at PAX, and I was like, that there was always a crowd around it in the, uh... Oh, shit, where's that? What's it called in PAX? Not Indie Alley. Indie, indie Megabooth. Indie Megabooth. Yeah, Megabooth. Yeah, Megabooth. Yeah, like, it was a huge deal. Like, everyone oh, man, was surrounded that It hasn't been Indie Alley since, like, 2009. I know, it's, it's been a while. It's been a while. <laughs> Back when we used to like hide behind the escalators. Oh, well, dude! Tw- now twenty eleven, twenty eleven. It was in the alley. It was. It was. I remember that. That was our. That was our like, second year going. I think. Huh. Weird. Um. Mega Booth wasn't like twenty twelve or something. Oh, there that. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, but yeah, it, it, as far as all of these, in terms of like refining and kind of turning, because like all of these are novel and creative in what they do. Man, and believe me, like, I fucking love Rocket League. Like, I'm close to getting all the trophies in Rocket League. I, I, I love Rocket League. But again, this is a very marginal. I, I really should play it. It came out. It's very good. You would dig it, man. I think you would like really it. dig it. In fact, yeah. Like, the fact that it, like, I, like, if I knew, Sarah, that you'd buy it for Steam, I would buy it just to play it. No, with no, you, I've got fun. it. I have it. Oh, okay. Right. I think you yeah. got it with Steam Link stuff, didn't you? Uh, Steam controller, yeah. Steam controller, yeah, yeah. You got yeah. with Steam. Mm-hmm. You know what's funny yeah, is yeah. I bought. Okay, so I bought that hardware. I got nothing. I didn't get. I pre-ordered it. Yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. there we go. All yeah. right. Well, yeah. Like, I, I also got Portal Two with it too, and uh, that. Works oh, good. So did everyone else. Well, remarkably well with the uh, with the Steam controller. All right. If I could, and I know this is like definitely um, this is off topic and and a segue that we might not be able to afford, but I'm going to put it in there real quick. I I have never been so confused and angry before in my life when it comes to like trying to remain consistent towards like my feelings on something and that's a steam controller. I fucking hate that thing, but I want to like it and there are times I do like it. 
I, I I almost nominated it for three wheeled Mako shame. I like I just wow. I hate that fucking D pad. I hate that like tactile feedback with like the the right pad and then like the fact that they throw it in the left pad and then some games it just works and then like oh cool it's got firmware but then it doesn't work for other games and then it completely and, and, and but then I'll play it for Odalis in Jamestown and I'm like oh I like this and like I I hate it just be consistent <laughs> either I hate you or I like you stop it so like oh man and it sucks because like I figured like it'd be something that Sarah would hate. And the fact that Sarah's like, no, it's all right sometimes. And then now you're like, oh, it's all right sometimes. And I'm like, no, it's not, not sometimes. That. This is my, this is my go-to PC controller. Oh, gross. See, I can't say that. I could, I, I could use that, that, that analog stick is super the precise. Stick is the best thumbstick ever. That's it is. One, yeah, it really is. It's the best thumbstick ever. But like, I posted a video showing me doing stuff in bullet hell shooters that I had no business doing in a bullet hell shooter with an analog stick. Dude. Yeah. It. So anyway, just figured I'd throw that out. So there, but, there is that. <laughs> um. Well, anyway, but going back, yeah, I'm gonna have to go with Axiom Verge, in terms of like the fact that it took like a lot of established conventions, uh, aesthetics, and it actually like twisted and turned them in in a way that made it it unique and created this like cool identity, like the fact. I mean, again, and I know Sarah, Sarah's mentioned something about it before and he's talked about it in the past, but, like, bear with me. Like, I really think it's worth mentioning in the same vein, like, you know, Mirror's Edge kind of, like, reinvigorated, like, a new way. But the fact that, like, it's game, like, it's gameplay and mechanics are geared around, like, sequence breaking it to the point where, like, it's one of the most nonlinear Metroidvania games ever and that there are even, like, intentional exploits or glitches that are not mentioned or extrapolated upon it all, but they're there for, like, the mere discovery of it just by, like, virtue of playing it. And the fact that it was, like, one of the most exciting things to watch at AGDQ 2016, which is currently going on right now, not to date the episode too much, like, is really a testament to its design and, like, what it gives back to players. And even then, like, it's actually got an interesting story, a protagonist that, like, is fucking silly but works within its world like it's sell like it, it's very convicted to what it does in all aspects and like you know if it had a sequel i'd get it within a heartbeat it, it just it's it plays very well i really very very much enjoyed it so that's got to be my pick but like it barely and i mean absolutely barely inches over rocket league in fact i'm i would say that like rocket league may very well win this like award and if it does i would not be slighted in the like at all but axiom verge was like my personal at the very least all right mm. what, what say you guys come on i, I made i do uh, I, I fucking buckled down i made that hard decision for me honestly out of this category <laughs> it's tough for me it's between rocket league and galaxy Galaxy, I think, because I remember, like I said, the experience of seeing it at PAX and how long it's been for it to be in development and to take that that type of genre, like what it was trying to accomplish, uh, to, to do it the way they did and, and to kind of make it a difficult game, but also may, maybe kind of more approachable than I thought it was going to be originally. Like, you can jump in and play that game and you kind of know what you're doing, but fuck, that game can be hard. Like, that game can be goddamn hard sometimes. Yeah, it can. Holy cow. I, I, and that's the thing. I just don't know if like if it's if it's easy for me to give it to them as the best indie game, 
if it is a challenging game. But then again, on the same coin, you want to be like, well, it's good that it's challenging. It's good that it offers, you know, uh, that kind of challenge, you know? Um, it's really tough because I really want to give it to both these games. I, I think in terms of the best indie game, what really just kind of like I think deserves like that. Here's here's like the cream of the crop. Like here's the game that rose through the ranks of an indie developer, and, and you know being from like a really small company and from small beginnings to be where it's at now. I mean, I gotta give it to Rocket League. I mean, I I really want to give it to Galaxy, but at the same time, I think Rocket League has kind of spawned itself into something bigger than anyone really really anticipated that game being originally. And for Sony to throw the backing that it did behind it, making it a plus game originally when it first came out, and to see where it's gone since then, like, I don't know. I, I It's really hard to argue against it, I think. But like I said, I would really like to see Galaxy take it as well, but I think that game can be really kind of maybe hard for some people to approach at the level that people have been approaching Rocket League. And that game's hard, too. That Like, fuck, I can't make a goal to save my goddamn life in that game, it seems like. But, oh, dude, I've done it backwards. I've done it, man. Fuck that, man. I'm, I'm not that good at all. But <laughs> bro, I've done I, the bi- the bicycle kick is my fucking signature move. <laughs> oh shit! But now just seeing everyone on my friends list on PS4 playing it and stuff like that, like yeah, I think Rocket League's got to take it. Well, when it comes down to it, um, I don't know. I nominated Galaxy of the Dimensional. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I've I spent a significant amount of time in it too for review on Bullet Heaven. Uh, the fact that it's always different. The fact that it's always—it's got really clever writing too. Fantastic mm-hmm. delivery of its lines. Oh, it looks amazing. Uh, the presentation's outstanding. Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like even even at the end of each quote unquote season, how it's got that really, like it, it almost looks like it's transferred from a VHS tape with yeah, anime. Uh, yeah, I mean it's a huge anime influence. It's absolutely. it's got the right the right sound and everything. Uh, mm-hmm. It's even <laughs> it's even gone so far in terms of the sound design. Like as to implement, stuff. yeah, the tr- the tracking yeah. so the music will speed up and slow down, uh, like like you'd hear on a VHS tape. Um, I I can't go anywhere but Galaxy the Dimensional, which sort mm-hmm. of breaks it three ways. So I don't know if it's got to go if it's got to go down Honestly, one way or the other. I <sighs> Axiom Verge barely won. I Rocket League for, for you, yeah. So okay. like I would have to say just especially with uh in terms of like andrew's disposition on it and the fact that he you know he he's right in the fact that like even then it's something that like i think what's really a testament is like i can go back and i can play axiom birch like i can do that but rocket league has now like entered this like timeless echelon of something that i can play at my house forever like within the likes of mario kart and like Street Fighter, Rocket League is something, and it's something that like anyone can play and will get enjoyment out of. So, mm-hmm. just by merit of that alone, and and just how well it's done that, especially with the oh, dude, that soundtrack. Did did anybody else go download that soundtrack? Because I did. I think I might have. Yeah, it's Maybe. all right. I'm gonna have to change mine, man. Rocket League, Axiom Verge, though, which is fine love. because I, I I was really teetering on either Galaxy or Rocket League. I was kind of on on the fence on either one, so I think it's like on all three games they kind of tip the scales, you know, which is definitely a good thing about all these titles. Um, but yeah. All right, so it looks like best indie game, which you know, I guess what we're trying to say here is that Rocket League may have won, but you should really check out all of these games. Yeah, all of them. Absolutely. Yep, I agree with that 
her story especially i think didn't get like i i think it did like but as far as this and i'm like i would love for you guys to check it out and play it more it's it's really weird like it it makes a stranger like a just appear so appealing and and again this is all done just by like by the uh, like the talent and execution of like someone portraying a character like within like i mean we can all do that from like getting absorbed into like a tv show or a movie something of that nature but like the fact that you're the person behind the button that like physically inputs like the need to dwell deeper and probe and investigate and that you are completely behind like the flow of exposition and and detail much like you know how you can fall into an internet rabbit hole of just reading upon reading the fact that like a character can influence you to doing this and like you're getting to do it on a personal level yeah uh it's it's pretty engaging all right so rocket league best indie game whoop, whoop. Mm-hmm. all right moving on to the next category we we are fucking we are following we're we're flying through these we really are um we've got best japanese best game japanese this one I think will be much easier. I like I already know what my choice is, but let's go ahead and read off the nominees. We've got Bloodborne, Danganronpa, another episode, Ultra Despair Girls, which we were touching on a bit earlier, Earth Defense Force 4.1, and Persona 4 Dancing All Night. Uh, so I tried to play a little bit of Persona 4 Dancing All Night. And so far, the only Persona 4 game that I have found really fun is the fighting games. <laughs> I, I, I'm i sorry. Dude, the fucking RP... I'm still trying. And again, we have videos ready and raring to go for, like, a super play. And I'm... I, I The only way I think I'd have fun is if we do a super play and I just, like, listen to you guys, like, basically coach me for hours. Like, all right, this is why you're supposed to have fun, you idiot. And I'll be like, no, you're stupid. And, uh, the fusions, the fusions. Uh, but no, yeah, honestly, oh man. Okay, well that's a shame. But dude, my first playthrough on Persona Four, I had this wicked Black Frost, and mm. uh, he had like every element. He had fire, wind, ice, and protection against dark and light, and fire. It was stupid. Fuck. Yeah. And I, I, I made it to the end of the game with that Black Frost. He never left my party. It was fantastic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Best fusion ever. So, Damn. I'm going to go with Bloodborne. Same. Oh, man. Sorry, sorry. I have to. I, 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 think, I think the category, I think there's a lot of good titles here, especially from a Japanese-centric kind of experience. But I think Bloodborne just dominates uh, for what it does. I mean, it's from software doing what they've really known, been known for, for such a long time now with the Souls series of games. But to come I see, out, I like it more because it it takes like the basic fundamentals, but actually goes away from that formula. Because that's the thing; it's made well, me it's it's made me want to go back to the Souls games and try to give it out. But like, this is easily the most superior one out of all of them. I think it's the most accessible. I think it's the easiest one to play out of all the games they've done so far. But it's because the mechanics of the combat are more based around not the sword and shield parry and block mechanics; it's the rolling and dodging. Um, you know, so it's a little more fast paced, a little more action focused than maybe what the Souls games were like. But I think it for it to take that experience of like this like horror centric 
kind of experience of a game and then like to have the combat and the difficulty and everything that's kind of been you know what from software's kind of known for um I don't know, man. I think Bloodborne does take this. I mean, I, I think there's a, a argument to be had for Persona, uh, obviously EDF as well. Um, but you know, those being portable games, I think this being the only one on console. Well, no, Earth Force 4.1. Earth, yeah, Earth version. Defense Force uh, 4.1 is PS4. I'm still interested in that one, though. I think we'll still talk about it because I am interested in it as oh, well. I'm, but I've got words. <laughs> okay, well, we'll, I, I, we'll go ahead and get into that now. Actually, All let's right. go. Ahead. So, yeah. okay. I'm staunchly sticking with Earth Defense Force 4.1 because mm -hmm. of the sheer amount of content that it offers players. So if you thought that Earth Defense Force 2 was decent, and we all do agree that it is, uh, Earth Defense Force 4.1 ups the ante by having four distinct classes, each with different control. Uh, online multiplayer, two-player couch co-op, over 90 missions... Uh, each each uh, characterized by their difficulty as well. So when you think of it, with four different classes, with five different difficulties, and over 90 missions, that's nearly 2,000 missions. Mm -hmm. Plus over hundreds of weapons per, uh, for, uh, per uh, class as well. So it gives you this huge dynamic and huge flexibility of how you approach each, each uh, different uh, mission type as well. So and plus it's uh, it runs mostly at 60 frames per second as well, which is pretty, uh, pretty impressive for how far you can see into the game and right? what everything's going on on the screen. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's it's stupid intense. Yeah. Uh, right now, I'm currently on mission 89. I say I've been catching up on some videos you've been posting of the gameplay as well. <laughs> oh, so yeah, I've that's quite a few of that. Yeah, you can totally use a 50 foot me <laughs> mecha in it as well, oh, which my is God hilarious it's so good mm -hmm. yeah so that's mm. i'm sticking with earth defense for four, uh, force 4.1 outside of uh, other games that we're going to be talking about later on uh, it's the game that i spent the most time with i'm topping 30 hours in it i guess i guess definitely like in terms of, like just like a, a japanese game like hey this is japan like that you know i <laughs> think that would probably be a pretty big selling point for it as well definitely Mm -hmm. But no, I I, I think in that's just right. terms of like yeah, that's overall success, yeah, I think just for me, like I'm not even all that good at Bloodborne. Like I I did attempt to play some of it, I didn't get very far, and it's more like I'm kind of like vicariously experiencing the game through my friends that play it, the ones that are really hardcore about, it, the ones that have beaten it. Like I have several friends that play this game, and that's that's still after it being released, I don't know, April May something like that like they're still talking about it. they're still playing it they're experiencing the new content with the dlc like i just think that just from a japanese developer and a japanese you know game like i, I think it, i think it takes it because it's just it is one of the biggest games of this year i mean by far in terms of critical acclaim sales uh you know it's a big exclusive for sony um yeah, I just I think I think even as not a huge fan of the game and kind of being frustrated with it so much, I still can at least say, hey, like this game was like one it of the never biggest deterred me away street. from like playing it though. Like as mm -hmm. frustrated as I did, I felt like I, it was I, all... I, 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 I got frustrated quick and early on and stopped playing, but I still get enjoyment listening and hearing about the game from other people. And, and even then, it's also incredible to watch, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah. No, I, dude, I was, every time I felt like it was something that I did, even when I felt like I was overwhelmed and the game got cheap, I took it as a learning experience and felt like they balanced these moments out. 
And if we're talking about content, especially with the new downloadable content that just came out, like there's hundreds of hours. And like the game has like such a weird charm to where you know you you take in you get what you put in in terms of interacting and just the subtlety like the game i've never played something so subtle to where like even something as cryptic and as vague as just like but the blood is blood after all blood blood insert blood pun blood with more blood and like you would think it's really inconsequential but in terms of both the lore of like the plot that the game is trying to shield to, to like the significance of whatever is being told to you from like a non-violent character, which nearly everything in this game wants your fucking head. Even if they don't want it right away, they could be super cool later, like at first. And they're like, Hey, just so you know, though, we're cool now, but next time I see you, I will kill you. Like, and, and they will do it. Um, to the point where like, you know, you make decisions on like there, there's like a good chunk of the game. I missed just because I killed people. I was not supposed to kill. Um, but you, you get exactly what you take out. And like, even then, like it's always, it always feels rewarding. And uh, as far as like the multiplayer sense of it, as far as like what they've tried to accomplish with demon souls. And I don't think they ever quite got right. They definitely get right in bloodborne, especially with the fact that it just feels like a living, breathing world that people exit in and out of. And that there's like all these different nuances that, are just fun to learn and and go around like i don't know i i feel like in terms of like solid gameplay design presentation and the fact that like i'll go back and play this game like and if they especially if they keep releasing downloadable content like they did with this most recent release which is still like nobody's beaten it still there's hmm. wait there's like it's been out for quite some time like that alone is a testament to like what it has to offer and its length like it's got some shit man and like plus like I don't think I've ever played any like while from software is definitely like the major development force behind it. They've got Sony in their ear for both supervision and like direction. And they have a hand in development in Japan studio. I, Japan studio has never made anything like at all that I'm just like, that's stupid. Like I've, I even love that dumb Kung Fu writer game for PlayStation move. Like you can't fuck with me on this. Japan studio <laughs> has made gold every time. Um, and yeah, just like I, it, it has a very bright future and is definitely like one of the best reasons to own a PlayStation 4. Like, and I was, I said that in my review, I said that in my coverage, and there's a reason why it garnered the level of excitement that it did. So yeah, no, this one, this one especially, uh, in terms of like the, the Japanese principles that like you would, you could find and in, in like what it tries to, and what it, what it tries to convey and, uh, does so brilliantly well all right so but hey man edf is still awesome just n- not i don't know bloodborne is yeah it is you should definitely check out edf <coughs> excuse me <clears throat> yeah I, I, like that's the thing like i i think the 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 vita ver- like edf2 like i just enjoyed i i mostly just enjoyed because it was on vita like it's it's weird like the because like i don't know and, and i'll get into that another time but either way like i've never really like all of them have been fun there's just ones that have had more of like they they've left more of a mark on me than others and like that one really did but mostly because i was i came into it with very low expectations but either <laughs> way 
Fair um, enough. Uh, we'll definitely do a uh, play play of VDF 4.1 though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, I'll definitely check that out. Soup's down. Soup's magoots. Alright, so the next one, I, I already feel like I have a winner in mind. But it's also a testament to kind of how lackluster this whole like area of game was like for this year. And it, it's a really weird thing to say, but let's move forward to the next category. We've got Best Action Game. Best Action Game. Mm-hmm. Um, so the nominees for this particular category are Metal Gear Solid Five: The Phantom Pain, which, you know, some may debate whether or not it should be there, but I think it should. Uh, Just Cause 3, Batman Arkham Knight, and Evolve. Man, I wish I had I hadn't used my uh, wild card now. Ooh, what would you have thrown in? Had you? I, w- I would have thrown in Dragon Quest Heroes. Yeah, Dragon uh-huh. Quest Heroes. I can see that being a like in there, but like it, I don't know. Did you play I, it? I, I did, and let me say this: it did not impress me the way Hyrule Heroes did. Hey, uh, it, was than, it, was, it was better than it was better than Dragon Quest Swords. It was well, oh, definitely like Dragon yeah. Quest Swords though. Yeah. yeah, I, I would but, say it's better though. Like the way it was presented was really good. It's nice that they've included so so much of the uh, the original Dragon Quest uh, presentation to it. Like uh-huh. older characters are great and all, but uh, incorporating all the music from like the NES games as well was a pretty nice touch. That w- agreed, but in terms of what I was trying to do, and the fact that I saw another franchise do it and do it way better, kind of took away like a lot of the the sheen for me if you know what i mean i i under i, I honestly think that they were pretty much equal footed to be honest mm, see i don't know like you're, you're saying that it's better just because it's zelda i uh, no. <laughs> i'm saying it's better not because it's just zelda but how like how they use the zelda license and how they go about it and like certain mechanics i feel like drag uh, I mean, this is an argument for another time. I'm not saying anything bad against it. I'm just right. It wasn't ne- it wasn't necessarily notable for me. I don't know, but you know, in to be fair, like none of these other games were entirely notable for me either. I mean, um, Evol- Evolve. I think you should just write off. I mean, unfortunately, Evolve had a lot of hype going in, but I feel like Evolve died tried- after the first month. Well, not only that, yeah. but like Evolve, it tried to make itself an esports game without having a community behind it. And I think that's what ultimately kind of like drove it downhill quickly was because they're trying to like, like you can't just make your game an esports like like centric game. You can't make it like, oh, everyone's gonna be playing this and streaming it because like the community has to engage in it. The community has to decide, okay, this is something we want to watch, something we want to play. And for it to come from a Left 4 Dead studio like it did, like um, I can't remember the studio's name offhand, but Turtle, they made Left 4 Dead Turtle too. Rock. Yeah, it's just like, man, like, yeah, such a good idea. And the concept was cool. And I love the character designs and the monsters and the execution um, of it was just mm. it just I, I think it was it was just a concept that just didn't pick up like it, it, did, it, it didn't it didn't have a following. And, and I think that's and we're going to see something like this great. again this year. It's going to be Overwatch and I'm pretty sure it's going to do much mm. better. I, I think, think so. I think Overwatch than, is going to uh, be interesting. To, I think worse than all of worse than all of that though is how they axed half of its content in favor of making a DLC. Yes, agreed. Very much agree with the hunting season pass, the weapon skins. And it had some good ideas. Like I don't know if they still really embrace a lot of this, but I remember playing it initially when it first came out. They would have weekend events, and if you played on that weekend event and the community got a certain amount of kills or a certain objective met, you would get weapon skins that were exclusive to that weekend event. 
like that to me sounded cool it had like almost like that like mmo kind of like hey let's do this like event and let's get some gear let's get some stuff for it you know uh for accomplishing this but yeah the fact that they really pieced out the microtransactions for like skins for the characters skins for the monsters weapon skins uh, additional hunters like it just yeah it wasn't man like it just it feels like it's a money grab and it shouldn't be you know because i know left or dead like that game like there was no real dlc to ever speak of maybe one dlc pack came out for it and half the time it was like just like free content free updates just uh, i want to like that game a lot you know i know it had a huge buzz at e3 and then it just kind of like puttered out well so we have that mm-hmm. now batman arkham knight man i would have loved for this to win and it's I still so think it's flawed. a good game. It's I, good. I don't it's know. Right. I, I think it's good. I think the Batmobile combat was better than I would have thought it was going to be. Um, I haven't beaten that game yet, but I played a decent amount of it. Like I'm, I'm kind of, you know, I'm, I'm okay, uh, content-wise in the into the game. Uh, but yeah, the stuff that like, I don't know. It just, it just felt like a lot of the same stuff. Like the new stuff with the Batmobile was like okay, I guess, but just. Mm. I, I felt like, yeah, it just fell short of doing anything that was, I don't know. I mean, you can go back to my review, too, but, like, everything from, like, the design of Gotham to just what was available. And then, like, yeah, just the shoehorned, like, pandering nonsense that was the fucking Batmobile. Like, it was a novelty that, like, quickly, I mean, not even, like, like instantly grew thin just from, you, like. You just kept doing the, like, the same two or three things each time. <clears throat> yep. It, yeah. yeah so like it was unfortunately a bit too disappointing but like it was still like it, yeah i'm not saying it's a bad game it, it disapp- it's just disappointing in like in the light of its previous entries and like the i don't know i would say the caliber that they the the standard that they kind of set and the caliber in which they right. still carry like they still carry yeah. that uh, and i honestly i would have even like thrown syndicate in for this one but Having not played a lot of Syndicate, I mean, what I played of it was good, but I feel like in terms of the action, like the combat, it kind of like held your hand too much with the combat. Like it was too, like, I guess like you go into like animations of what you're doing. You're not really controlling the action. You're just kind of just watching it kind of play out as you're hitting buttons. Like it was just really too simplified for me. And I just don't think that that qualifies as a good action game. You know, like it looks cool. It's got cool moments, but you're not really in control of a lot of the action that's going on. Um, I, yeah, I would have to say, honestly, for my pick out of all of these, as far as like what had like the most appeal and like definitely what gave me the most player freedom and the, like the most reward, especially for like it, it had as much action as you wanted to get into it. And it like it definitely had like a lot of avenues. I mean, there's a lot of repetition hmm. and it, you know, it may not have the best end game. However, like for what it offered, especially surprisingly within the multiplayer, which I have yet to personally like really delve into, I've just been more of an observer, but like I am definitely interested in getting more involved with it. I'm going to have to go with Phantom Pain on this one. I'm kind of torn between that and Just Cause. I think Just Cause just screams action. Like that's all that game is. It's explosions and it's ripcording onto things. and It's taking people and throwing them into space and it's blowing up, you know, barrels and, and making fire and it, it's all action that's all that game fucking is i mean like if, it, if you can say anything about that game it is action it personifies action i want to um, say that of of all these choices myself the only mm-hmm. one here that really interests me is actually just cause three yeah but that that 
that being said, Metal Gear Solid, at least in this entry, from what I played of it, is the most accessible in terms of you don't like stealth. Because Metal Gear has always been kind of a stealth experience, you know. And I think in this one, it's so open with the environment and the exploration and the, you know, how you want to access the quests and how you want to do side missions. Um, it, you you can, like, like George said, if you want to play as an action game, you very well can. You know, it might not be the definite, like, approach to that scenario. There may be times where you really want to approach something with a, a stealth in mind. But if you want to go in just start blowing up shit, you can do that. Now, that being said, I think that they really limit to you to what you can use and what you can access because of like the side missions, the stuff you have to do at your base, you know, all that all that extra like metagame stuff you have to do really kind of I think takes away from it in the sense that like if I want to jump in and just do really cool shit, like I'd almost pay real money just to get like the guns and weapons and rocket launchers and all the cool shit I want. And the fact that you have to kind of do all this like base building stuff to get some of that content really kind of takes away from the experience, I think. And it's kind of unfortunate. I just wish, like, like you shouldn't have to, like, put that as a, like, a requirement to get into some of, like, the cooler stuff of the game. Like, it does have good action, but for me to have to do all this other stuff on the side just to get to that just kind of takes away from it, unfortunately, I think. For me. Yeah. I would... I'm, I'm, very, I'm, I'm very casual when it comes to my Metal Gear playing. Like, I'm not hardcore when it comes to Metal Gear. So now I have fans probably saying I'm an idiot, and that's fine. Like, if you're really into Metal Gear and you're hardcore about it, I get it. Like, it looks awesome. The game is, like, as crazy as you'd ever expect a Kojima game to be. I I just didn't like how you had to do a lot of this other stuff, these other prerequisites to getting to the action. But I will say that it is the most accessible when it comes to its style of gameplay out of all the other games they've done. Yeah, I... And see, like, it, it's definitely one of those games where you get back as much as you give in, so... Yeah, yeah, agree. But... Yeah, there is a bit of limiting. I just feel like, again, going back to like the same argument I use about the Batmobile, just cause three, um, once I dude, like I can't I can't not call it that anymore now. Just cause, um, just cause. Um, but in, in all seriousness, just cause three, as far as the insanity behind what you do, like it it, it kind of takes like that Saints Row approach where it's just like, well, fuck it, dude. Now we're just gonna get like nutso yeah. nutso butto. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Which is, it, 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 you know, that's fun, but it, it, I feel like the appeal of that only goes on for so long. You know what I mean? And like, I feel like that also like kind of lost its charm. Like after, like after you hook like so many different objects and then like watch like what happens when like the unstoppable force meets the immovable object. Like when you take that concept and you regurgitate it so many times and even between all the, like the frenetic, like physics of like fucking zipping around, jumping and whatnot. Like, I I feel like at some point it it starts to become a bit mechanical, and and you sort of just like, I don't know. Like it, like for example, Mirror's Edge. Even though like it had a very core formula and like it had very established concepts, it felt like the game was constantly reinventing itself, thanks to like amazing stage design and obstacles and and elements that were specifically set in in motion and in place to like make me reinvent how i went about the game and just like made the whole thing feel refreshing from start to finish i don't feel like just cause 3 does that very well but you know i will admit it definitely does that better than all of these games and even better than 
Phantom Pain because Phantom Pain again there are times where you just you're you're limited to what the game expects you to do when you when you start getting into more of the meteor content of it instead mm. of the surface stuff. I don't know, but at the same time, I think about Metal Gear and I think about what Kojima accomplishes. When you say action game, I kind of like want to compare it to an action movie, and and I feel like in terms of that being and an spectacle. action movie, I mean, yeah, I mean, Phantom Pain is epic. I mean, it's on epic scale. I mean, the way it's portrayed, the way it's like the story is told, it is a like '80s action film, like on the grand scale. Like I mean, the way the way that it's told, the characters, the way they're presented, like it just he has a flair for that. Like he does his games like they're action films. He always has. Um, man, this is tough. Um, I I I think in in order to like it's just like I guess it, it's how you define an action game. How do you define the genre of action game? You know, like I think there's different ways to approach. It. I think there's different ways to define it. Um, man, I just, I, I, I want to say just cause I really do, but I feel like if I had to look at and approach it from a, a level of how epic this is and on what kind of scale it's presented, I, I think I gotta go Metal Gear. Hmm. I really do. I think I gotta go Metal Gear just because it, it's Kojima. It's his swan song with all the shit that Konami had to fucking do this year for it to still be the game that it became. Man, like I, I just I, I can't not see that game get recognized for something in these categories. Like we just did not have a lot of categories with Metal Gear as part of it. I feel like I'd be doing a disservice to that game if I did not say it was best action game. At least give it something. Like that game deserves some kind of praise for the shit that it had to go through to get to where it was. I almost you know, want to use my wild card here. Okay. And but like if you know won't do any well because again I like I'm I'm sold on that argument too, but. Like, it's not necessarily the one game that I think of, like, in terms of action. Mm. But, like, I, I can say that um, Rise of the Tomb Raider, most yeah. certainly. But, mm. like, again, I feel like it, like, that game got cheated out of how limited it was for people to play it. Because, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, for being platform specific. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So Sarah, Sarah's pretty much in the camp of Just Cause, right? Yes. Okay. Um, I'm going to go Metal Gear for my choice. So. Uh, I'm going to have to go with Metal Gear. Okay. I was going to say, I know if you're going to still play the wild card for Rise, yeah. then you'd have to kind of debate Very, it. Okay. I'm, hey, dude, I'm not throwing that shit away like you did. Like, <laughs> I, got... I, I used mine as a. It, it, it was a strategical. You are winner. It, it was a strategy that didn't pan out, unfortunately, for me. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, we've got Metal Gear for best action game of 2015. Give it up, fucking Give Golden it. Zonkey. All right. That. So, the uh, next category that we are now arriving at is we'll be arriving at best fighting game. Best fighting game. Uh, I feel like this is going to go by much quicker than... Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so, we've got Skullgirls Second Encore. Blaze Blue, uh, Chrono Phantasma Extend, Mortal Kombat X, and uh, Dengeki Bunko Fighting Climax. Now, I played a little bit of Dengeki Bunko Fighting Climax. It's dope. I enjoy it. Yeah. Skullgirls is a game that I still struggle to this day to really enjoy. Mm. Uh, I I do like that game quite a bit. uh, It's alright. Blaze Blue, Chrono Phantasma Extend. 
pretty sure I've played Blaze Blue like so many times to the point where like it like the the improvements and like the like reconfigurations are are getting to a point where they're almost negligible. Mm. So like I don't I really don't feel like I feel like I'm almost at that point like it's a it's like the Madden of J 2D fighting games. Like Oh, almost. you know what I totally forgot came out this year too? Hmm. Guilty Gear Zerd. Mm-mm. No, that's 2014. Was it? It was. It may have came oh, wow. to PC this year. Oh, maybe, yeah. Yeah, it might hit PC this year, yeah, because I vividly remember buying the collector's edition like in fall of 2014. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because I, I love me some Guilty Gear. Guilty Gear would have taken it, yeah. I think, if I had to pick it out of this category this year. I and, love me some Guilty Gear. And, you know, Killer Instinct Season 2 came out this year, too, but mm. again... It, it's, it's hard to... Yeah, that's hard to... Yeah, because me person on a personal level, I still enjoy it more than Mortal Kombat. I don't know, man. I haven't seen you play Mortal. much of that KI, honestly. But I've fallen off on it too. Like, yeah, pretty hard. Pretty hard. Uh, <laughs> I was actually thinking about going back. Well, we actually have like a play play of it. It's very late, but like I played it hard during like the rash month. I mean, so. I bought all that DLC. Like, I'm yeah. I'm excited about season three as well. Like that stuff looks pretty cool. Um, Tusk is Tusk a character they announced for three? I think he is, which is still weird because mm-hmm. he, mm-hmm. yeah. But like, and then there's Rash, who, yeah, like yeah. fucking, who I really hope they definitely do something with because just like for the very very little, his time, ultra, his ultra sucked. Yeah, well, because it was just a punch. I'm like, we don't have an ultra for him. Here like, you go. But he was also he, super overpowered. Better, better fucking get an ultra for him. Yeah, he better take conquer right. and throw conquer mm-hmm. at you or something, man. Like, I don't care. Do something. To throw some some pandering ass pandering shit. R- random rare characters, just throw them in. Fuck it. Might as um, well. but yeah, dude, just throw like a bunch of googly eyes. There you go. <laughs> That'd be awesome, actually. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Um, I, mean, I I think you and I have the same choice already. Yeah. I mean, Sarah, do you have uh, any like? Do you play a lot of fighting games? I'm. I'm. You might have played Fighting Climax. Kind of had a lot of sword art stuff and, and things like that. Ooh, apologize for that that drop in audio quality, folks. Ooh, yeah. was that me? That was you, buddy. It's all right. Oh, shit. Am I downloading too much stuff? I hope not. <laughs> Just hold on. Um, we, need to give, we need to give Andrew a check a, a second to check his, like, 5-6K modem. Yeah, man. Uh, my, my dial-up is not what it's supposed to be right now. No, I, I downloaded Undertale, but that finished in, like, 12 seconds, so I can't imagine it's that. Uh... Hmm. Uh, whatever. Well, I do, I do play fighting games when the opportunity arises. Mm-hmm. Like I, I put a bit of time into Dengeki Buku. Yeah. What's cool about it and what sort of uh, stood out to me was that it was it was a game that even novices could play and appreciate uh, because unlike any other fighting game I've ever played, I managed to 1cc it. So I, I could get all the way through without losing a match on the standard difficulty without very much problem. And there's and a character cons- in there that can hit people with stop signs. See, there you have it, right? I used uh, Kirito, though, because I'm a pretty big fan of Sword Art Online. Sword Arts, yeah, which, which I think a lot of people are going to play this game yeah. mostly because of that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Dengeki is a pretty good publication. It has a lot of strong anime and manga. Uh, so there's going to be someone in there for everyone, uh, so long as they're into that sort of, uh, sort of a, uh, a mashup. But uh, but yeah no I, I really did enjoy everything that the game offers and uh, they use the original voice actors for the characters too which is a nice touch. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I and I and I definitely do want to give it um, 
I want to I want to stay more on board with it, but it's 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 not Mortal Kombat X. No. And and Mortal Kombat X is like I'm still playing it every now and again. Yep. I I got like and it it definitely <clears throat> it it took everything that it needed to from Injustice and yeah. still kept like because like I'll tell you this, Mortal Kombat Nine has not aged well. Like it was awesome, but go back and play it now. You you I kind of feel like you can't like not after Injustice. And then it took everything amazing from Injustice. Now I'm like oh dude I can go back and play this for fucking days and like they're supporting it with content for days uh i don't i think they finally reached like they they well they did like a they announced like a horror pack and like well like a fucking xenomorph mm-hmm. is supposed like what is it it's a xenomorph xenomorph uh leather face uh and then uh, uh boracho and i can't remember who the fuck the other character is yeah, man, they're still coming out with fucking ridiculous characters. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I almost want to say Michael Myers, but I don't think it's Michael. no. But they should. But they yeah, should. it would. It would. Well, I don't know. Jason. Jason's overpowered as oh. fucked. I remember who it was. It was like a combination of like Cyrax, Sector, and like Cyber Smoke, or Cyber mm-hmm. Sub Zero. It's like it's like a combination of all the robots is the other like new character they're gonna release. Yeah, mm-hmm. and even then, like. If they were to announce more characters down the line, I would not be surprised. I mean, it. I'm surprised that they haven't done like character exclusives yet. Like as far as um, you know, like the way they did with Kratos and Nine. But like it, they're they're definitely still uh, and and even then, like just more of the superficial stuff as far as like costumes, and. Uh, it's also like Midway's really staying on top of the online support. Like it's a, it's very much a game that will continue on to be played uh, within 2016. Like so, just by that alone, and yeah, it didn't really have a lot of competition. I don't know. I'm, I got involved with the Street Fighter Five beta, and like while I enjoyed it, it did not blow me away the way Mortal Kombat did. So I'm really worried for Street Fighter now. So, who knows? But anyway, yeah, dude, Mortal Kombat X is totally my pick. Sorry, I had to go away from the microphone for a second. I thought my wife was possessed. Oh, no. sorry. <laughs> I'm back now. It's good. No, she was ah. she's down here scared scared the shit out of me. About 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 shit my pants. What uh, were we talking about? Yeah, best fighting game. Oh, Mortal Kombat. Yeah, sure. All right, great. Whatever Sarah, George just any- said, I I second. Ah, <laughs> uh, dude, you shouldn't have well, given me a freebie like that. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, no. You are. Yeah, I never really liked Mortal Kombat. Nothing since Mortal Kombat 2 has really grabbed me. Um, so, by majority, it'll it'll take it. But I'm going to stand by Dengeki. Yeah, and I, I think I think this year wasn't as strong for fighting games as in years past. I think this year coming will be a really strong year for fighting games. I think with Tekken Seven, Street Fighter Five, um, you know, I, I think Rising Thunder looks kind of interesting for PC, albeit I think it's it's multiplayer. I guess like the mechanics are going to be kind of flawed because it's going to be like not an online fighting hey, man, game. Like, don't forget that Tekken Cross Street Fighter. Yeah. Now oh, what about Pokken? Oh yeah, Pokken this year. And actually, yeah. I did it backwards. I meant to say that Rising Thunder is online only with no offline. That's what I meant to say. Um, yeah, I think this well, will be a really strong fighting games. But no, last year I think a, it was. Uh, there's going to be a new King of Fighters too, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. And actually, I was really turned off on the new style initially. 
the more I see on that game, though, I'm kind of coming around. I think it looks it looks kind of interesting. The best part, though, the most exciting part is that they've had a lot more discussion and a lot more theories that they're going to be maybe rolling out a Capcom versus SNK at some point because Fuck, they yeah. they had a reveal at Capcom Cup and they had a voice actor from Capcom versus SNK do a part in the video presentation. And uh, SNK, under new ownership or whatever the case may be, are really pushing towards new game development and they've talked about the potential of a Capcom versus SNK. If that happens... I'll lose my goddamn mind. I fucking love me some Capcom versus SNK too. <laughs> if this happens, man, that wins all all the categories, all the categories. What, what I category. really want, what I really want, is another King of Fighters of the same caliber that '99 Dream Match on the Dreamcast was, because that's that's one of my all time favorites. George, you know what it's all about. Oh, dude, are you ready for the extreme? <laughs> I would really like to see more of the 13 and 12, though. I love that art style. That hand-drawn art style is amazing. Yes. But, like I said, I was really bummed when they came out with its like 3D style. Like, fuck. Like, I love the previous ones. The style is amazing. Um, but you know, when it comes down to it, though, I mean, you remember King of Fighters uh, Maniacs? Remember that? Mm, no. It was a 3D entry. It was on PS2 and original Xbox, and it wasn't too bad. It, mm-hmm. it pulled it off really well. I just, I guess, like it was like it was kind of a dying breed of, of fighting games. Like a lot of these games yeah. have gone to like the 3D style. It was just nice to see that presentation. Like, because I do like the sprite based, you know, like the Capcom stuff, like uh, of old, like the Third Strikes well, and things like that. SNK sort of made its name with 2D animation too. Absolutely, so. absolutely, still do. I mean, I, I mean, I you, you look at Garou Mark of the. Garou Mark of the Wolves is a perfect example, right? Absolutely, absolutely. So I don't want to see that go, but at the same time, I, I don't mind them trying to evolve and try to get into, I guess, the in the same echelon as like the Capcom fighters and stuff like that. Like I think it's good to have that competition. It's good to kind of be in that same category. But man, like I just I would really miss that art style. So I'm hoping well, the Capcom versus SNK offering, if they do have one, has these that. days. These days is the Capcom fighter singular. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah. It doesn't have to be that way, though. It doesn't have to be. Oh, it shouldn't be that way. No, it should not be. They can do more. We can get more. We, we can need ask a new more. tech romancer is what we need. That'd be. I'd be down with that, man. I know how much you love that game. I would be down with that, sir. Absolutely. We so just fighting need games. Capcom to not, like, fucking fall down and die at this point. That would, you Yeah, know. really, though. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Like, Sony, Sony's, like, trying their best to make them, like, survive. I don't know, man. They got those Resident Evil remakes coming out. I'm sure they'll be fine. There's Monster Hunter. That's thing. Mm. They'd like Monster Hunter at this point. Nintendo's giving them exclusives. Sony's giving them exclusives. They'll be okay. All right. So Mortal Kombat X. Um, so the next category, and that will win the Golden Zonkey for that respective title. Yes. But for the next category, we've got here. If uh, I'll go ahead and read my my program here. Uh, we've got Best RPG, you guys. Best RPG game. And the nominees are Final Fantasy XIV slash A Realm Reborn Heaven's Sword, which is an expansion pack that, like, definitely adds a bunch to, like, the, uh, seconded effort of the, uh, game. And then also we've got The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. Uh... Xenoblade Chronicles X and Fallout 4. Um, you know, this one was going to be pretty tricky for me, uh, but as far as RPG elements, uh, 
wow, Fallout 4 really disappointed me in, mm. in that regard. I they just they made a lot of changes that I didn't think needed to be changed and streamlined it to a, a, a point of boredom, like accessibility to the point where it, it kind of took away from the character and I don't know, and like engagement factor that like Fallout 3 like. I don't know. I, I don't hate on Fallout 4, but it definitely does not live up to, like, Fallout 3. And, like, I, I just recently did a late to the party feature on, like, why Fallout 3 is fucking incredible. Um, and just a lot of the choices to make. And, like, I think what really pisses me off is the fucking vats. I still hate what they did that, the, the way they, like, incorporated. That's completely takes away from, like, the entire purpose of the vats. So, I mean, there's that. Uh... I would have to say because of those like inconsistencies within uh, the RPG design of Fallout 4, uh, my choice falls onto Xenoblade Chronicles X. And like really the only thing wrong with Xenoblade Chronicles X is the uh, it, the it has very yeah the UIs. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, it's not. Ugh. It's not fun to navigate. It, 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 or it looks like someone like installed custom like things for like a while. Like, like chrome <laughs> extensions uh-huh yeah dude it's it's rough wow but thank you you were totally on the nose with that um and yeah man i mean it it does take some navigating which is weird too because with like how everything kind of surrounds the screen you would think because you're using a fucking gamepad with a touch screen that you would use the fucking touchpad to like I easily navigate or move through no not not at all in fact the screen is it doesn't even need to be there it, <laughs> it just it bugs that again that also really really bugs me about the that game they didn't it, utilize it at all it doesn't utilize it, 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 it makes perfect it sense for a game like that with the depth and stuff you have to you. do yeah, it's not that it doesn't sense. utilize it it's the fact that it doesn't utilize it in spite of the fact that it could have one really like, benefited the you get, you get, you're taking half the shit on your UI and taking it down you know yeah it, mm. i don't know i i really hope that there's a patch or something which i highly doubt but the game is still good it's very very good in spite of that um and yeah its scale is fucking insane so i would have to say by that and in terms of the competition that xenoblade chronicles x uh is definitely my choice and i'm really happy to see like that this property is being supported by nintendo and that we even like saw it and just the work that went into it mm-hmm uh, for me, I go with Witcher, for sure. Witcher, to me, I think is the definition of a role-playing game because it allows you, as Geralt, although you're playing a character, a titled character, I still feel like in terms of a role-playing game, it allows you to create that version of Geralt that you want to create. Maybe not necessarily in the choices and decisions that you make in the story, although you can do that. You can choose to handle certain scenarios certain ways and outcomes the story. But I feel like in terms of gameplay, this one more than any of the other Witcher titles allows you to play it to your style and the way that you want to go through the combat. You can use the sword combat, you know, and obviously like take advantage of the, you know, the parrying, the dodging, you know, really being centrally focused on the sword combat. You can use traps, you can use potions, uh, you know, the, the um, oh, I can't remember what they're called, like the actual spells. Um, you can utilize those and level those up in certain ways. You can use certain, uh, poisons to coat your blade to do damage and do specific uh uh 
I guess, like, you know, like damage against a certain property, since against a certain kind of enemy. And the best thing about that game is it's a role playing game because you have to really, f- like, as a hunter, you know, as Geralt's occupation as a hunter, you have to really go through each scenario and each battle with a different approach. You know, you're not going to have just the same stuff equipped like in a lot of RPGs, like when we talked about Persona 4 a little bit. Yeah, like I'd have a few fused personas that have like I know they have a strong ice spell or they have a strong fire spell. And I'll just use these same five, six personas and just rotate through them. Anytime I need a, a spell to a certain like you know, this one's weak to ice, so I'll just use this one real quick. I'll I'll do like an area of effect ice spell and I'll take out all the enemies. In Witcher you can't really do that. You have to like plan and really prepare for each battle because there's gonna be they're gonna have immunity to a certain kind of poison or a certain kind of weapon like you have to choose between a steel sword or your um, your normal iron sword. You know, there's all these different kinds of elements and different kinds of things you have to plan for and you have to expect. Um, and the story, like the story in this game is insane. The amount of content they put into it with the backstories, the books that you'll read, um, all the lore that's involved. I mean, you'll actually go on to and do a side mission for like a few hours, you know, and then finally get done with that side mission and not even remember what you were doing before in the main mission that's probably the one thing that really sucks about the game it's not a bad thing it's just that there's so much to do and so much to see that you'll really get sidetracked very often you'll lose track of what you're doing pretty quickly and especially if you take a break from it like i did then try to go back in and play it like you're going to be so lost like you won't know about half the shit that's going on in the game um but i mean i i know i seem very enthused about this game and i'm very excited about this game is because i am like, I love Witcher. I think it's one of the best games that's been made. Um, I, I didn't necessarily pick it as game of the year because I didn't play enough of it to really think that I should say, for me, it was my game of the year. But, like, I love what they've done with The Witcher. I think the lore is amazing. The story is outstanding. Um, and as an RPG, I feel like it does give you the most depth in how you play it and how you approach it. Um, I know it probably won't win this category. I think there's a lot of people going one way or the other. But I just wanted to plead my case for the game i think it's a really well-made game um I, i'm dude and i'm all about it and like i, know, I, 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 I feel I, like its greatest strength is it's also its greatest weakness that it has that such there is an so amazing yeah. world that like i can't i can't find myself like i feel like i'd be denying myself if i like jumped into it right away without going into what has been established before and you can and there's so much to that i mean i know like i've i've got the books there's like four different novels you can get there's graphic novels that are coming out right now. Um, yeah, there's so much lore and so much backstory to that game. If you really want to dig into it and get into it, I mean, it's it's got a lot to it. It's such a well-realized world and such a well-realized group of characters, too. Like, I, I, I love that game quite a bit. I, I think my, my biggest disappointment about it is I don't have enough time to play it. <laughs> and I really wish I did because I would really want to jump into it and play more. I haven't even touched Fallout. I haven't even touched it. It's a, it's a shame. I own it. I haven't played it. Man. It's just hard. To, it's it's hard to jump into an RPG. It's a it's a really big time commitment, you know. Right. So. And and like Fallout Four again, like it it takes like basically what it scales back in terms of character development. It reintroduces back as resource management for like communities and like uh like shelter building and and doing stuff like that. That's cool. It's not what I wanted in Fallout. Like, it really isn't. Like, you know, I I liked what they... I, I felt like it just went in a direction where, like, you know, this is neat, but 
I would much rather have had this, or I would much rather would have what I'm missing than this. And even then, I don't feel like it adds back completely. Like, it, if anything, it kind of introduces like new stresses to the game. Like, like I don't know. Like I said, I I have more words that I definitely want to incorporate about Fallout 4 while I can, while it's still relevant. But I wasn't blown away by it. And honestly, it it makes it makes me fear for it because uh, I. Like, Sarah was right. It, 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 there's a very Sarah thing about it. Sarah has gone on to say, like, hey, you know what? You can want all the Half-Life 3s and the Shenmue 3s and the Fallout 4s that you want, but when it comes out, it's never going to live up to your expectations. And you know what? Fucking asshole got one of them right. So now, if like, I'm just like, uh... Because, like, you know, in the end, like, it, it's beautiful. But like I think another thing that really kills it is the terrible dialogue. Like there there are things that just hold it back from being better than it should. Uh, th- like it should just be better. Um, Witcher three, I'm all about that. And like I had while I haven't physically played it, I've only like at most played two, and that's from just impatience and then me deleting what I did into just so I can bear down and grin one, which I'm gonna have to make a decision at some point. Maybe I might just fucking skip to two. Um, yeah, not a bad idea. Yeah, I mean, I've been leaning more and more towards that. Um, I I would have to say that, like, I don't know, Xenoblade definitely, e- even for as kitschy as some of the writing and, like, voice acting might be as far as, like, that, like, a lot of those conventional, like, anime tropes or, you know, those fucking, like, various dynamics that you can associate, it... It's still very accessible, and it still has, like, like I don't know, Nintendo put a lot more effort into this than they, like, really have with anything of a game of its caliber. So, I don't know, man. Maybe I should wildcard this just so we can move on. But, I mean, I, I would like to give Witcher this, but I feel like I haven't given the game its due to, like, really make that educated decision. Uh, where are you at on this, Sarah? Are you going to stick with uh, Heaven Sword or... I'm- I'm going to stick with Heaven's Word, mostly because it's a game that I've invested 800 hours into. Jesus wow. Christ. I did not <laughs> think that was possible. Absolutely uh. enormous game. Um, the amount of content that they added with that, this particular expansion, it might as well be an entirely new game. Uh, the addition of flying mounts, the three new classes, the pantheon of additional stuff. They're they're adding new story arcs all the time. There's a 3.1 patch that adds another 20 hours of uh, of quest content outside of your your typical grinding uh, to the the game as well. Uh, the fact that you can take it on solo, the fact that you can team up with randos for your dungeons if you need to uh, if you need to take it that way. Uh, it really is the MMORPG for solo players, and it's it's such that I don't mind paying a fee to play it because it's so solid and runs so well and offers so much, and it's all canon to the Final Fantasy uh, mythos, everything that you do, that I can't, I, I can't uh, consider anything else. Because I just don't have the the amount of experience as I as I have with Final Fantasy XIV Heavensward. I think this is tough because is I, tough. I'll be honest. Well, I mean, don't I don't want to sound like a dick, but like I, I I can't jump off a Witcher, and obviously with Sayer's time involved with Final Fantasy, I don't think he's gonna jump either. 
I wish I could say Xenoblade Chronicles X is one for me, uh, but I haven't played it. I haven't mm-hmm. played any of it. I I've got it sitting it on my shelf, and yep. you know the, and the I... art, the art direction, and the uh, the sound design is exquisite, to say the least. Uh, but I just don't have the experience with it. Yeah, and I I'm a I really love the 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 world of The Witcher, so it's hard for me to jump off of that as best RPG. So I, can I don't off. know. I can you do can. it just because like I want like The Witcher. If anything, I can only imagine that it takes everything that it does in the second game and makes it better. And from all the accolades and everything that is achieved, and again, just from like everything that we've discussed before, as far as what like CD Projekt Red is doing to like expand and like basically make this like one of the most definitive games of this generation. Like I can't go that far about Xenoblade. I can only just say it's really fucking good, but it's not. It doesn't it, it 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 cannot live up to those words and at this moment I would see like it it is not held back like well it is held back by flaws that it does not hold back fucking Witcher 3. So I'll change mine. Definitely would say Witcher 3 is deserving of these accolades alone as well. Um, so yeah, all right. Witcher 3 gets the best RPG of 20. Probably, probably, probably the toughest one, though, I think, honestly. I think they're all pretty deserving. You are a winner. Maybe not Fallout so much, but that's a shame. <laughs> yeah, I, but it's still fun. For a lot of people, it will be, though, which is fine. I mean, I think that game's been doing amazingly well. So. Well, Let's we've see. got. So we've got the next category here so let's go ahead and move yeah. forward we're get we're getting there we've got uh four mm-hmm. more and then we're we're set man so we've got this one i think is uh definitely going to be uh the another easy one i mean me personally i have one that i'm really leaning towards and it really surprised me but it i can also see like it's really held back by like a huge flaw that it's working slowly to reprimand and i think it shouldn't have had to do that in the first place but it's doing its best that it can but yeah as far as best shooting game uh the nominees that we have are destiny the taken king rainbow six siege star wars battlefront and fallout 4 so i really like star wars battlefront for me it just i've never seen something do so well to incorporate the license into its mechanics and make it something like just very, just very engaging and just essentially like craft a, a schematic of like high intense shooting and, and just everything involved with like tactile uh, squad movement and gameplay and do so with like, it's, it's really weird that, you know, you know, gameplay wise, this game is not too far off from like a battlefield really it is i mean and dice is involved but like it the game feels inherently different just by virtue of the universe and the items and like the 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 very even even like something as small as like the lasers and the fact that you're not picking up ammunition you're you're essentially like doing timed reloads and working that into like a high intensity environment and like finding success in like being tactile within the actual like maps themselves, like it, it it feels rewarding. It just it doesn't last as long as it should because like it's still sparse in terms of like how many different modes or how many different ways you can play it after so long. But still, like it it still has plenty to offer. However, 
one game that still has a lot to offer to the point where I'm still really fucking overwhelmed. I haven't played this installment yet, but I am going to. And it's just fucking intense is, uh, I, you know, I'd have to say that my pick is Destiny Taken King. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm leaning towards that, man. Even then, Fallout 4... Uh, you, you fucked up. You, you haven't it, it, I mean, already it, it, a good shooter anyway. Yeah, yeah. It, well, shooting in that game's always been a dice roll anyways, I thought. Like, yeah. I always assumed it was like, yeah, it like, doesn't matter how well of a shot you are. If it, you don't have the skill leveled up, then you're not going to hit your target. You know what I mean? It never really seemed like a shooter. Like, it looks like a shooter, just didn't play like one. Right. Um, and even then, they tried to make it more shootery, like, using, right. like, various dynamics from, like, New Vegas, which, again, is mm-hmm. poopy. Dumb. So, so you know, obviously, I would have said Destiny as well. Um, but I feel like also in terms of the cast and the people that uh, contribute to Press Pause Radio, uh, at least two other people probably would have been in the same kind of situation. I know James plays a lot of Destiny. I play a lot of Destiny with James. Uh, and I know Alyssa plays a lot of Destiny as well. Fuckload of Destiny. Like so, he's a self-proclaimed Destiny apologist. Uh, which you know, I think that game. I think it's it's Bungie now. Given the controversy of some of the things Bungie's has has done or decided to do with the game in the last few months, that that withstanding, I still play a lot of the game. I play a ton of that game. Uh, I think it's 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 good Bungie shooting mechanics, and I think it's good Bungie multiplayer matchmaking. Um, I think it, it has a lot of stuff that made Halo games really good. I just feel that like maybe like with the element of it being like an MMO, is what really sells me on it. That game. It has its hooks in me, you know, like it, I've never had an MMO like the same way that Sarah plays uh, Final Fantasy 14, the same way that you, George, played 11. I know you both played 11 the same way a lot of my friends play. Wow. Nothing hooked me um, like Destiny did. And I feel like once I got to that moment where I was like, I got I got that hook. I was like, I need to play this. I need to get my character leveled up. I got to get the stuff to drop. I got to do these raids. I got to do these events. Like, that's all I've played. Like, that, that game is honestly the only thing I've played this year to any extent um, because it finally got its hooks in me. It got it got that moment of like, holy shit, like, I'm going to play this game all the time. I'm going to talk about this game all the time. Like, it's just that's the first time that's happened with a game of that nature. Um, so, I mean, yeah, for me, it definitely takes the cake. Uh, absolutely. Like, I, I, I don't know how many hours I've put in that game, but I know it's the only thing I've gone to and played. Like, it's consistently, if I you know, need to unwind and play a few hours or something, that's the first thing I boot up. Like, without question. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to say that, like, as far as, um, even then, like, just between, like, I, I'm just overwhelmed, if anything, and then, like, I also feel like if I don't have the right friends to, like, persevere and play with, that I might not be so inclined, but the game still stands pretty strong on its own after you get so far. I just feel like the, that end game, like, you know, may not be, like, the most fulfilling, but now, like, I still consider myself a very new Destiny player. I still, mm-hmm. I feel like now, in terms of, like, you know, content and, like, what I have ahead of me, I've and, and anybody who's been on the fence at Destiny at this point, yeah, it like I feel like the Taken King really like apologetically fucking delivers what like it I think people were expecting when it first came out. So, and it like it it's its own game really. It takes like the original yeah. and it makes it Well, like, yeah, the the new content's really well done. Like it added a lot of stuff people wanted to see in the game. Definitely. Well, 
So yeah, what what do you think, Sarah? If you like, I know in this situation, this isn't exactly your forte, so to speak. But like, I still feel like one of these days you're gonna surprise us, and you're gonna be like, yeah, I got Destiny. I guess I'm gonna play it. Never. Nah, probably not. That's yeah. okay. Though. Um, the only shooter that I of this kind, the only shooter that oh, I yeah. played this year, Black Ops Three. Black Ops 3, and you know what? I got way too aggressive with it within about like 14 (laughs) seconds. I was saying words that I hadn't used in a while. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't don't, don't really play the multiplayer stuff. Uh, Do you have it on PS4 though, Sarah? Yeah. Yeah. Might have to maybe. I want to do zombies. I've never played zombies, and apparently it's something I should play, everyone says, and I have it. So maybe maybe we'll do that here soon. We We could power up. There we go. Yeah. All right, so that, maybe maybe they'll make that our next uh, game night bro date. Yeah, for sure. We can do Some that. zombies. Cool. All right, sounds good. Oh, I feel left out. All right. Oh, so, don't worry, man. We'll get you in. We, cool. we all need some. We all need to play some EDF though. Yeah, I'm gonna get it, man. You guys sold me on get, EDF. I'm gonna I'm gonna get on. Should I get on Vita? Or should I get PS4? Like, what do you think I should get first? Well, we I got it on Vita, but if you wanted to to do the PS4, you can't you can't do any wrong. Buy okay. a PlayStation TV. And then I have one. Oh, yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. See, I, I thought that was just going to be I was trying to be like an asshole. Actually. I don't know where it is, though. I actually don't know where it is. That's that. <laughs> where where have you gone? Vita TV. It's, it's the size of a pack of cigarettes, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, like I want to put it on top of my Steam link the and Steam then just lose big. both of them. <laughs> the Steam link's actually bigger and heavier and right. bulkier. It is. It is, though, right? I'm so surprised it feels like, it feels at the like weight of the Steam drive. link, to be honest. It's a heavy, yeah. little, heavy it's little a heavy thing. little fucking yeah, it thing, is. dude. Um, and plus, like, it has no power switch. I hate, like, powering it on. Also, I don't know if it, like, if this is, like, again, real quick, I don't know if it's just my TV, but I have to turn my TV on first to then, uh, turn it on. But I have it, like, a third-party HDMI selector, uh, because I only have three ports, and I have about eight things that use HDMI currently connected to my TV. I I did do a lot of TV switcheroos. Uh, this month, as uh, you guys were probably kept up on my personal social media, um, but yeah, uh, that thing is weird. It, it got—it's already a little temperamental, but hopefully that'll be fixed later. Um, so anyway, we got our best shooter again: Destiny Taken King, which uh, I was not surprised that, that game would win. You are winner. Uh, not at all. This one, I also—I'm pretty confident yeah. I know what's going to win as far as the next Same. category. Same. Um, you know what? I'm not so sure. I, I know it's going to de- definitely come down between two, but we'll yeah, see it's going to come down between two. But like, okay. I feel like there's one in particular that, like, especially with like some of the new stuff that was added, it it, it and like, well, we'll we'll get into it. I think we're yeah. ahead of ourselves at this point. But the next category is ble- a fucking best platforming best game. Platforming game. And the nominees are Tearaway Unfolded, Super Mario Maker, Kirby and the Rainbow Curse, and Yoshi's Woolly World. And this is why Super Mario Maker will win. Super Mario Maker, like at first, I really feel like I spun all my wheels and got the most that I can out of it. But in light of, you know, Nintendo taking to heed the concerns and feedback of like players and owners of the Wii U and constantly adding new content and promising to add more content. And the fact that like the game will also add more accessibility and uh, more support for future Amiibos coming out, and it's just going to keep going, and then seeing 
the effect that it had, like, just in a party setting, especially at AGDQ, like, that was probably the most satisfying thing, is watching the best Mario speedrunners in the world play uh, AGDQ levels blind with absolutely no uh, predetermined exposure to said levels, and then, like, really having to think and rely on their skill, and being, like, just the fact that that can endure on if they continue to support the way they have in the last couple months, even when, like, the game started to feel a bit old, it's already reinvigorated again, and I want to play it even more. And the, if Nintendo keeps adding on to it, yeah, this is going to be like one of the best platforming games around. And really, it's a glorified level editor, but it's done really well. And it has its own, like, I don't know. Like, this is not, the like, it's really weird because all of these games, like, believe it or not, they're all modifications of, like, this new Super Mario Brothers Wii U. Uh, and, yeah, exactly. Like, the, Super the Mario physics... World physics aren't there yeah mario brothers 3 physics are like that's the like that's the thing that bums me out the most about it, is that that's e easily the weakest of the four because it doesn't incorporate like some of the things that really make super mario brothers 3 shine other than like the gimmicky stuff uh super mario brother like the fact that like yoshi doesn't operate the same at all in super mario world uh, the spin jump doesn't have the same invulnerability properties that it used to, especially with, like, grinder blades, which is something that's heavily used in, like, Kaizo, for example. Like, but in spite of all that, people have really been able to, like, really apply, like, some fucking creativity. To the point where, like, I don't know, have you played it lately, Sarah, but because, like, there have been so many people that have created, like, shoot 'em up level-style scrolling levels, they have added... Forward-firing fire from the uh, clown car, yeah? yeah? Yeah, dude. And they've even added, like, a chart. Like, you know, like... And you keep seeing these little additions, like... Everywhere that I'm still coming across. And, they, and then they've added checkpoints, which was, like, the biggest complaint. We're like, yeah, we hear you. Here you go. Checkpoints, yo. So, yeah, man. Yoshi's Woolly World? Wonderfully... Like, we talked about it. I, I love yeah. that game. I really do. And you know what I think, in terms of best platforming game... Maybe not necessarily game of the year, but best platforming game, definitely. Yoshi's Woolly World, I think, takes it for me. Mostly because it's got a great two-player dynamic, which is something that Super Mario Maker doesn't have. But see, that's where me and you greatly defer. Because we did our play-play, play, mm. and I still think you are crazy. Well, you might say that, but have you actually mm. played it with another player? Yeah. Yes, I have. It's not that Really? Cool. Before Just or after? Before or after what? Oh, like, before me and you, like, yeah. covered it, and then afterwards. Between, like, you know, like, I would say between, like, somebody who's had little to no exposure to that type of game to somebody who's very familiar with it, it's it's okay. It just, it, I don't know. I didn't get, like, the like the cool Kirby Superstar or New Super Mario Brothers vibe that, like, those games gave versus, like, that one. It, I don't know. I just, it didn't hit, it didn't hit home with me as much. And then, of course... The but dumb you know, amiibo two-player uh, mode is dumb, too. Well, the amiibo mode gives you two... It all depends on the kind of exposure you've had of, you know, games of its type. Like, if you've done a lot of uh, NES Remix, for example, like, I aced those levels where you had two Marios at, at a time, right? When you're collecting the coins in the original Mario Brothers levels? I felt like those... It, yeah. it did it better. Super easy. Super easy. But, yeah... The fact that it even has a two-player mode, though, is is something that I can get behind, which, you know, Mario Maker, like I said, it definitely has very different merits and fantastic merits, too. But that you can sit down with someone else and share the gameplay experience instead of just watching from the sidelines is definitely something that 
I think for a platformer is essential in today's day and age. Yeah, hmm. I mean, I can get behind that, but I still feel like this is kind of an oversight just because, again, like you say that, but then like the party setting and like just the accessibility and the pace of it like still makes Super Mario Maker something you don't have to be on the sidelines. People can't like it. it, it, it I feel like it's a game that's easy to get like multiple people involved on, regardless of what you're doing. Okay, but on this on the subject of accessibility, though, you have to take into consideration too that Yoshi's Woolly World is fully playable all the way through the game by players of any age. You don't have to have ridiculous platforming skills to get through it. No, and but to get the most, you can definitely it. say the same thing about Super Mario Maker. Fucking Ballsdrog, you know, he made a, a stage for his like five year old daughter. We never played Mario, and she like he made stages specifically for her. And granted, like a lot of us may bulk at like these stages. The fact that like you can't say the same thing about like traditional Mario games, where she may not have been able to get the same like. I mean, you can use the same argument for it. I don't know. Me, I'm not trying to say you're wrong, but I'm I'm sticking with Mario Maker. And then now, like like a child of divorce, we have to make Andrew choose. <laughs> um. So I have a few things to say about this subject. Um, actually, this this specific category was the hardest for me to even pick a game because I don't really play platformers that much. Um, I did not play Yoshi, so I cannot speak really to Yoshi at all, unfortunately. I would like to, but I think it'd be a disservice to the game because I have not played it, if so I can't really Yoshi's say anything Island, about it. You played it. Okay, that's fair then. Um, I, I did play a little bit of Mario Maker. The the things I have to say about... Um, I'm just gonna I'm going to choose Mario Maker. Um, but I have two reasons why. Uh, and I kind of want to argue a point. I know you'd said that the reason why Yoshi is a good platformer is because it's two players. I feel like in a lot of ways Mario Maker is a two-player game, but it's a two-player versus game. Because in in the example I'm going to really kind of talk about, um, there's been this ongoing war that people have been watching and kind of experiencing through Mario Maker. Uh, Dan Reichert of Giant Bomb was making levels for Patrick Klepek of Kotaku to play through. And I feel like it was like this dynamic of like, he's going to make a crazy level and he's going to see if this person can play through it and beat it. So in a sense, it's almost like it is a two-player game, but it's a versus mode. Like, I'll make the level, let's see if you can finish it. And I feel like that dynamic is so interesting of the game to to kind of give it that, like, you I know, people can... I do, like, my additional Mario Maker streams and, mm -hmm. like, just the levels that fucking Sarah sent alone fucking... Yep. And I, I, I like that. I think yeah, that's kind but of they a weren't, cool they weren't even that difficult. Like, the kind of shit that you'd find in the advanced courses on Mario Maker are mm -hmm. stupid fucking shit. Like, the kind of shit that only the creator would know how to, how to get through. Exactly. And, I but, skipped but, through so many of those because they're just poorly made. But I do like the fact that in order for someone to upload a level, for someone to play, they themselves have to beat it. So it's not cheesing the system like, I'm going to make this fucked up level you're never going to beat. No, well, well, it is cheesing well, the system. That's the people, thing. Like, okay, the creators so know how to do it. Well, there yeah, of course. I know. There is a way to cheese it, and I don't know if they fixed it. Mm -hmm. People have cheesed where they include, like, a secret door that, like, only they know yeah. that takes them directly to the floor. I know, I know, and that shit is fucked up. It really is. Like, you need to be at least, like, kind of fair about it if, if you're going to make it, like, worthwhile for people to play through. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, I, I feel like in a lot of ways, you know, like, that, that element is something that's really interesting for the game. But I, I think, all honestly, when it comes to a platformer, I feel like Mario Maker is the, it's the quintessential platformer. Like, it is a platforming game in its, its purest sense, 
Um, obviously, like when you say platformer, you think of Mario. It, it's it's defined that genre. I feel like this game is a platformer through and through. Even though you have all these elements of making levels, making games within games, like I think that's all great. But I feel like at the end of the day, it is a platformer. Like it is. This is what Mario has always been, and I think for it to be approached as a platformer, but as a game that can evolve and change and add new content and new things, like I, I think it's a uh, it's one of the greatest experiences for people this year. Although I haven't played a lot of it myself personally, I have that water cooler discussion of like, Hey, do you see this level? Have you heard about this that someone made? Like that game's always being talked about, you know? Um, but I had to pick it just because it's the only one I had any experience with. Like I, I, like the most basic, like, I guess selection of what game wins. I have to choose this one. Cause it's the only one I played, but I do feel like it is deserving of a lot of different reasons. But, um, Yoshi does look fucking cute as shit. Like, I'm not going to lie. I saw that game and I was like, fuck, like, that shit looks like it'd be fun to play. I so think, I if anything, that game that. is also, like, Serge came up, like, he's just come up with, like, the best fucking box quote ever. Where he's just, it's, it's, <laughs> it's like playing a blanket. No <laughs> one's ever going to be able to top that, man. No, that's pretty good. That's pretty fucking good. It's true. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. But I'm not going to take I a want one, a like, blanket. I want a blanket like many of the backdrops have. Like, that looks super comfy. Yeah, right, man. Cozy, man. Just just mm, lay up against that by a fire. Yeah, man. But Yoshi's Yoshi's Woolly World is fuck it, it's it's great, but <laughs> Super Mario Maker is great for like several different reasons. So alright. It looks like that one by majority, and like I feel it rightfully dies. These these games like these it, 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 this is hard. This is why we're doing this, but I'm glad we're doing it. And we're coming down to the last two categories. Uh this one, not so hard and just filled with disappointment. Honestly, I think I already know what we need to choose because we've already er, 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 but, about but, it. Er, everyone loses in this category. Yeah, everyone loses. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this would be the three-wheeled Mako Shane. This is what you don't want. You do not want to be like hit with this label. Three-wheeled Mako Shane. This is like, you're the shit kicker. You're the dude that we don't want coming to our parties. We're we're You're the dude that we're going to talk about or person or man like you know i don't know you're you're just fucking lame lame as fuck um hashtag you suck so three-wheeled mako of shame we've got microtransactions in destiny the taken king which yeah even if you didn't play the game just seeing the absurdity of that was pretty fucking gnarly rodea sky soldier which i yeah and and sarah by the way i finally got to play that fuck that game i fuck it oh man Konami and just Konami as a whole. As a whole. Yeah. yeah. And Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 5, which Ugh. Jesus Christ, dude. Yep. So, I, I, I wanted to nolly flip a board into my nuts when I played that game. Yeah, dude. Like, you, like, I, I just kept playing this and, like, you got to be shitting my nuts. Like, yep. like, you have to be defecating on my testicles. Like, this is fucking. Oh, like, the, the, Christ, the worst Christ, part. Christ, Christ stare that game right through a window. Worst part is, is that like it didn't need to be that. It, like, there's no reason for it being as bad as it is. But anyway, Some, somehow it's worse than the HD one that they did. Yeah. Yep, and like I've I've covered it extensively in uh, my review, which you can read it. I think it's the lowest review that I've given this year for anything. So, yeah. So there's that. But it's still not as bad as what I think rightfully deserves this distinction. And I'm picking Konami. Uh, just 
just the way they treated their consumers uh, and their legacy, their products, and their employees. The fact that they have them in working environments that are relative to that of like a federal penitentiary or detention center for criminals. And the fact that like like these are these are not working conditions that are suitable by any conglomerate of any kind. And for the visionaries and people that have helped make their brand like one that is continually recognized beyond like the fucking wonder years and prime in which they had much more of a foothold within the video game realm and the fact that they're not doing much of anything even when they had some very very promising potential aspects and prospects like in in sight they took one fucking look at their like revenue reports and they realized that pachinko is like the way to go so let's just fuck everything and everyone that like we have like just the whole thing it's it's shady and like the last like the camel that broke the straws but like dude like to the point where like me and andrew we like collectively look at each other and like whoa dude did so did did you just get hard for jeff Keeley right now because i did not mm-hmm. see i did not think he had it in him yeah you, know, you fucking... could you could see him visibly upset like as he, yep. he delivers the news but the fact that like you then threaten litigation you threaten litigation over the creator, the individual, like the creative mind and source behind like the one goddamn property that is like m- like showing you a fucking scent in the video game like industry. And yeah, like it, I, I feel like that this one actually is probably the easiest decision I've made among all of our candidates, like in all of our categories. It's a fucking shame. Like. If anything, I feel awful for, like, some of the employees involved, like, as far as the lower-rung employees who, like, who have, like, absolutely no control over, like, management and just, I don't know, like, corporate direction. It's, it, the whole thing is just really shitty. Like, I, I don't know. Just, like, everything about, I still don't know why that thing went down as badly as it did. Like, I, like, I, I can understand where Hideo may have been, like, fatigued with like what he was able to do as far as a developer and like what he had in mind creatively. But then like to go as far as almost to the point where like they're punishing him or just like making the whole thing feel like granted we're outsiders looking in, but even like from that without like any of the, like the media fluff or whatnot, the whole thing just felt and seemed toxic. And I can only imagine how toxic it actually was for the people directly involved. Um, but yeah, man, that was a huge money hat. Like the moment, I mean, like the moment he became free, he's just like, yo, fuck this Sony. What up? Which is also why I really wanted to award Sony like best publisher. The fact that they were able to like, they immediately saw that as an opportunity and saw it as a means to contribute back to people who felt wronged in that. And like, I don't know. That's the vibe I got. Sure. It could have been like, oh, Sony smartened up and saw money in it, but like anybody could have saw money in it. The fact that they like they endeavored in a way where it didn't come off that way is like I I don't know why I didn't fucking mention that earlier. I feel stupid, but either way, I I'm happy with the publisher that we chose. Um, but yeah, Konami for me. They they can you guys suck it. Stupid. Mm-hmm. I I also say Konami. I I feel like just. It's kind of like you said, like them to throw away a legacy they had, um, which we knew they weren't going to have much to offer other than Metal Gear and uh, Pro Evolution Soccer. It's really the only two games that still release now. 
Uh, Castlevania kind of got fucked away, unfortunately. It did. It Shadow. did. But no, I think just that, yeah, their treatment of Let's Kojima. not even talk about Silent Hills, right? Uh, oh, God, yeah, and PT and everything else that happened with that. Absolutely. Um, but no, I honestly feel like just they... There's no saving that company now. Like their their approval rating must have dipped down to like negative numbers somehow. Like it's just you, you can't recover from that. And yeah, and then when the final nail in the coffin was the Game Awards, like for them to not allow Kojima to be there to accept an award because of some kind of contract they had in place with him leaving the company. Yeah, and then to threaten litigation if he did make an appearance there. Like that's just it's it's ridiculous. It's petty. It, it really is. And like there was no reason to do that. You could have easily had something in the contract like, hey, let him win this award, let him you know, be presented, and then that's the last business you'll ever have to do with him. If they wanted to keep him out of the public eye, they wanted to keep him out of the spotlight, even though he deserves all the approval in the world for the game that he created, the game that he helped build. And, and to not see that out to the very end because they didn't want him to be a part of it like that. Even is, removing like I granted, let's let's be honest. Removing his name you- for, Yeah, he put his shit on everything, that's true. <laughs> Odeo Kojima like credited himself like multiple times like Not in only every that, but if you play through the game every time there's a like every time you do a mission it does like end credits uh, credit like, sequence and it's always Kojima every credits <laughs> every single mission but like, yeah. we get it dude we mm. get it but yeah but even then like I still felt like that was a petty move on Konami's part very very much so yeah no reason to do it other than they just wanted to because they want to just you know twist the knife in a little bit more It'd be interesting to see how that all played out. Like, what exactly happened during those months that we were all led to believe that everything was fine, but we knew it wasn't, and we knew there was a change coming, and we knew that he wasn't there anymore, but they weren't allowed to say anything about it. Like, I'd be interested to see what that what that was all about. I feel like about. there's an NDA that, like, is going to go oh, I'm on sure. for quite some time, like, to where we'll never really get the true story. I don't think we will, because even now, if we wanted to, I don't think it'd be in Sony's best interest for Kojima to go out and say, well, here's all the shit that happened, you know? Like, it wouldn't be good for Sony, because they still have some, probably, some kind of business to do with Konami in some way. So, yeah, I don't think it'll ever come out publicly from one of the main people there, but maybe eventually down the road they'll have some kind of, like, I don't know, some kind of tell-all or something, like, years from now. It'd be interesting to see what what all happened. Like, he's about to die. He's on his deathbed, and, like, there's nothing Mm -hmm. for him to lose. Yep, just come out with it, right? All right, Sarah, what do you pick for your three-wheeled Mako of shame? Well, we all know that Konami is a bag of dicks. Yeah, um, but we we know you had to play one of these bag of dicks. Yeah, Rodan Sky Hey, I had to play one of these bag of dicks, too. (laughs) Oh, did you? Yeah, I, Tony Hawk's Pro Tony Skater Hawk, 5. Yeah. Oh, shit, you're right. Yeah. Garbage. Yeah. But uh, Rodea Sky Soldier is especially poignant to me because it was one of my most anticipated games uh, of the year. Yeah. And just to have it completely dashed in such a way that, like, I'll never look at Yuji Naka the same way again. Uh, it's It's that level bad. Like... I, I, love the, I, like, I just love that though. he actually sent out a tweet that said, please play the Wii version. Yeah, yeah. I, I will. Yeah, I, 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 will I heard never, the Wii version wasn't as bad, but I mean, I it's will, still bad, probably. I will absolutely doubt him every for, with every game that he comes out with mm. henceforth. To have this game spend, what, well over five years in development, change mm. over different, to different platforms during de- the development process, and still for it to come out as a complete bag of shit is completely unacceptable to me and to be released at full price fuck that shit 
Forget it. It's 80 bucks up here. Fuck that shit. It's completely not worth a single penny of it. Except for the art direction. The art direction is pretty good. Yeah, that's right. kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not so much the music, though. Oh, man. Uh, but like yeah. I said, all, all losers in this category. All losers, but yeah. I think, yeah, Konami, fuck them. They really deserve, like, the big bag of dicks that this is, uh, that this entails. But I, oh, still very angry about the whole thing, really. Cause, A like, giant yeah. sack of phalluses. Yeah, we're not going to get Silent Hills. We're not going to, like, I don't know what's going to happen to Castlevania. You know what really upsets me about this whole thing? That it definitely won't upset a lot of people, but it upsets me because it is close. It might even upset Sarah once I make it known. But Hudson is owned by these motherfuckers, and they've yeah. done nothing. Nothing. They've, like, thrown out a shitty Bomberman iOS game. That's it. So, like, granted, there was some stuff that they were doing with it, but yeah, like, mm. I just no wish they Bong, would wholesale. No more Star Soldier, no more, no more Zonk, which is. The namesake for the Golden Zonkeys, no less. Yeah. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> They're taking it hostage. We have to get it back. Uh, yeah, I just kind of wish they would actually just auction off these video game properties wholesale. And, like, people just showed up and, like, Craigslisted the fuck out of these properties. So, so, so like, like, a THQ scenario, but they're yep. not actually going out of business? Yeah. Okay. Well, they... Like fire sale, yeah? <laughs> they pretty much kind of are, dude. Like, dude, they're just... Like, what pisses me off is that they're taking these properties and then using them as brands for pachinko machines. Mm-hmm. Which is... You are winner. Anyway. All right. We've come down to the last category. It's been... It's been a roller coaster. It, it has definitely been intense long. We we want to appreciate... We definitely want to take this time to appreciate you guys for sticking with it this long. And granted... They, we got a lot of fucking shade for our last year's decision, but like whatever, man. Like this year, I think I think we're really gonna come through. I think we're I think really, so. and really I, gonna I, turn I, some heads. I also want to thank everyone that actually, like, in terms of, like the, the the people that are part of PPR, like people that couldn't be on the show tonight. Appreciate all the work that they did and and their contributions to the decisions for tonight's uh, uh, categories. And Stevie, Alyssa, mm-hmm. M. Fucking mm-hmm. all those motherfuckers, even James. He like, wanted to be on just to maybe sway you into different ideas and different picks, but he couldn't make it on, unfortunately. He wanted to be here, though. I, I've been trying to talk him into going on a bunch lately. So he's hopefully been very he'll be busy. Back I totally understand. Mm-hmm. No, I, 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 hey, I understand. If, if we tell him that Five Nights at Freddy's 7 got it, then maybe he'll come back and just get really mad the whole time. Or whatever fucking Five Nights at Freddy's games. Dude, I still... Yeah, did you guys see that trailer? I, I listed it in the show notes. It's the fucking RPG. terrible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, my... I, let's, you know... Let, I, I, he won't listen to this, probably. Let's tell James for a game of the year. Like, I'll we'll make it a big deal. I'll just tell him that... Um... Ah, shit. Let's postpone the publishing? Like, like... Yeah, yeah. Like, and, yeah. And, and we'll tell him that the Five Nights at Freddy's game, the RPG hasn't come out yet. We've already made a game of the year. <laughs> for, for the year that didn't come out. Yeah. I'm sorry. I really want to fuck with them. We have to find a way to fuck with them. We'll find a, oh, dude. Please, yeah. Write in suggestions Mailbag on at presspauseradio.com. Like, yeah. just fucking do. In the subject line, put Hashtag, how to fuck with let's James. Let's fuck James. Yeah. Let's fuck with James. Yeah, or we can fuck him too. We can do both. <laughs> yeah, do all right. Sorry. Dude, word, word placement is all makes all the difference. Let's fuck with James. Sorry. Yeah, you got, you got, you got to know where those hashtags are going, man. Yeah. Uh, Jesus, you're trying. Yeah, you're right. Hey, so 
This is for the PPR Game of the Year, and the nominees are PPR Game of the Year, Destiny the Taken King, Undertale, Mortal Kombat X, and Super Mario Maker. And I feel like, really, this one's going to be divisive. Um, I personally stand behind Undertale, but I, I, I'm just going to take the personal victory in fact that I convince you both to buy it. Yeah, and, and like actually... you guys haven't played it, but nope. I'm telling you, it's fucking amazing. But in terms of like something that I feel like all of us like, I don't know. I I've already gone on to explain it at length before, but I really feel like, especially within a social forum, that I feel like Nintendo has really accomplished a lot with Super Mario Maker, and like mm -hmm. I really think it'll go on. And and it's out of all the more recent like Wii efforts. It is definitely something that actually takes awesome advantage of the gamepad. Yes. Yeah. I would like to and say that I think from a standpoint of just playing the game, I would want Destiny to take this, but I know I know it's not the best game. I know that. It's the game I've played the most of, but I know it's not the best game. So I'll just leave it at that. Like it, it is the game I've played the most of. It's my personal game of the year. But from a standpoint of being the actual best game that's come out in 2015, I know it's not the, I know it's not it. Like it's got its flaws, it's got its you know disadvantages, um, but it is the one I played the most of personally. That being said, um, out of this category, I think they're all deserving. I really do. I think that Undertale sounds like it's going to be an amazing experience. I'm really excited to try it. I think Mortal Kombat X definitely just did what fighting games needed to do, and I think it's like the best at what it does. And I think it's just Nether Realm doing like such an outstanding. Uh, they accomplished so much with that game, with the DLC and the support, and just the overall like approval of that game is like through the roof. Even though, even though Mortal Kombat X did have its hiccups through the release with the PC port that was really bad and the eventual cancellation of the 360 and PS3 versions, like we probably shouldn't forget that. Um, yeah, and th that fucking crypt. Oh yeah, also true. But, but I think Mario Maker, I really do. I feel like Mario Maker takes it because it's Nintendo doing something different, taking a chance, staying by it. And, and honestly, just from the emotional attachment to that game, it was Iwata basically saying, here's the game that we created. Here's the game that you guys made a success. I'm giving it back to you. That That's the way I look at it. I look at it as Iwata saying, this is the game. We made it for you let's see if you guys can make it any better. Like, this is my final gift. Like, I, I don't want it to be more of it. I don't want it to sound like it's more emotional than it needs to be. But that's just how I personally see it. I see it as him trying to continue that spirit and what Nintendo stands for, but it's in the hearts of the players that make the game and play the game. I feel like that's what it, that's what it represents. That's what it's defined by. And it's got so much, like, cultural significance right now, like, in terms of what it's been doing in the past you know, uh, six, eight months it's been released and how much potential it has going forward. I, I just feel like it, it's it's an achievement in what video games have always meant to be um, in the purest form. Like, it is a video game. It's just like, I uh, there's no storyline. There's no, you know, emotional, like, storytelling. Like, you know, like all this other stuff that games have started to become now, how video games have kind of redefined themselves and re- reiterated what a game can be or what it can accomplish. This is what a video game in the purest form since the inception of a video like inception, but since like it was created, 
since the video game medium was created, this is what the game was meant to be. And I don't know, I just, I feel like it's so much more than just a game that you can make levels in. Like, it's just, I don't know, like, something about this game, it's just, like, it has so many, like, different aspects that you can really dig into. Um, I don't know. Just something about it to me. Like, I know I'm rambling on. I'm probably incoherent and not really making a lot of sense. No. But I, 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 you, I, I, I'm, I'm going I, in 20 I pictured, different directions. I pictured the you know? American flag fucking, like, flowing behind <laughs> you and everything. <laughs> and a bald eagle fucking swooping down and grabbing me and taking me off. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I just, I, I feel like it's, man, like, like, like Sarah said, man, like Sarah is like the, like, you're like probably the best endorsement for this game i think or what nintendo's done and what they've accomplished like you're you're on board it's like you said when we first started this podcast like you're on board and and that for them to make you do that for them to accomplish that yeah yeah I, I i didn't think it was possible i really didn't yeah all right so... well let me preface my thoughts with uh you know the the bullshit that I endured with the uh, with the stupid advanced courses I fucking hate that mm-hmm. right but but I've also played through over seven hundred courses on Super Mario Maker and I, I wouldn't on trade that, Mario that for Maker anything tip yeah. for a hot minute man what's that you were on that Mario Maker tip for a hot minute <laughs> yeah um. And I still go back every time they announce new uh, new event courses, new costumes. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll blast through those levels in about two and a half minutes and get that costume right. Um, and I just uh, I, I surpassed the point where I can put more uploads up, so I, I've got a maximum of twenty. And there's a couple of neat ideas that I've got mulling around involving giant mushrooms, but uh, <laughs> but uh, Super Mario Maker is. As Andrew say says, it's a pure game. It's it's absolutely pure in every every aspect of its being, um, shit levels uh, or otherwise. <laughs> and you know, if even if you don't have a Wii U, if you enjoyed Mario in any sort of capacity uh, between the eight bit uh, the eight bit entries all the way up into the new Super Mario Brothers. Uh, entries on Wii U or, or on the original Wii or even the 3DS, uh, original DS, w- whatever 2D Mario you're thinking of. If you haven't gotten a Wii U yet, get a Wii U and get Super Mario Maker, and that's all you really need. Um, so, yeah, I-, I nominated Mario Maker for Game of the Year myself, so it's no surprise that I'm going to stick with it. Whoa, is this our and... first unanimous decision? Yeah. I think Undertale was actually because well, Undertale technically, yeah, you yeah. made us sell, yeah, you sold it to us basically. <laughs> um, well, it it's really fucking good too. It's uh, so good. I can't wait for you guys to like afterwards just be like, I want to play this, and you're gonna be like, Wow, George is an asshole, but he's right. Um, but anyway, yeah. You are winner. Uh, dude. Super Mario Maker, fucking press pause radio, Golden Zaki mm-hmm. game of the year. Wow. Yep. So deserving to, too, deserving. I think honestly, I think we all agree. Yeah. So just to go ahead and do a recap of all the various awards from the start for Cerebral Exerciser, we've got Super Beat Zonic, Best Studio, we have Nintendo, Best Publisher, we've got Square Enix, Best Tear Jerking Writing of 2015, we've got Undertale, 
Best mobile game, we have Earth Defense Force 2 Invaders from Planet Space. Best indie game, we've got Rocket League. Best Japanese game, we've got Bloodborne. Best action game, we've got Metal Gear Solid 5, The Phantom Pain. Best fighting game, we've got Mortal Kombat X. Best, uh, best RPG, we've got The Witcher 3, Wild Hunt. Best shooting game, we've got Destiny the Taken King. Best platforming game, we've got fucking Super Mario Maker. Uh, and then Three-Wheeled Mako of Shame, we've got Konami. And finally, PPR Game of the Year, it's fucking Mario Maker. It won two awards. What? Ooh. What, man? Fucking Damn. good on you. That's to me! I win! For- for a, for, a, for a game that I saw initially when they announced it and just thought it was gonna be like just like ah fuck this, yeah, like seriously, like, I, 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 I was I was gonna write I was gonna write it off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like oh, this is just some repackaged bullshit. Like I don't care about this. <laughs> Trying to be like little big planet. Fuck off with you, Nintendo. And now, like now you see what it is now. Like damn, so happy I was wrong. Yeah, incredibly. If anything, what I really want. Is I really want that Mario Maker get up with with Mario in the yellow construction hat and everything? I want that to be an amiibo. That'd be mm. rad. Yeah, I'm for sure. Agreed. Yeah, no. My current amiibo project is to find a fucking eight bit World of Nintendo Link figure, and then like modify that onto an existing Link amiibo stand and like make a custom amiibo out of that. So. And it's probably just gonna involve me using an Exacto knife and hot glue. That's like the <laughs> fucking complexity of so, my modification. So but I would, like, I would, I would probably do the same thing, except uh, exchange the uh, the eight bit one from World of Nintendo with the the ultra detail figure for the uh, original Legend of Zelda. That thing would just be fucking wily huge and just like it. Be... Oh no 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 no! It's it's small. It, it's amiibo size. Well, yeah, it's tiny. It, it I, like, I like mine. He can hang out with my like eight bit Mario. They can hang out. They can talk about eight bit stuff. You know segregation anyway um Both yeah together man. would be 16 bits though so oh fucker what so yeah that's the golden zonkeys i think it's time we do some fucking cleanup some some housework all right you guys just listened to press Pause radio's golden zonkeys 2016 class of 2016 and we want to thank you guys for fucking taking that ride, taking that that sweet plunge and, and enjoying every bit of that ride and all the other uh, nonsense that we got to talk about. And we'll be catching up and we're going to start the new year awesome with uh, a bunch of videos. We have games clubs in the, work, uh, in the works and we've got some fucking more written features and reviews to catch up on. But it's going to be an exciting year. Uh, I will be at GDC. So we're going to be looking at coverage for that. And then from that point, we're going to be discussing other events we'll be covering. But yeah, I think if anything, we really want to do a bigger focus on community this year when we have the opportunity. So uh, game fests and just uh, other moments where we can curate uh, some cool Steam games. Because now, from what I also just learned, uh, we all have Steam links. So like, yes. we're probably all going to be on Steam much more. Well, you all have Steam links. I've just got a rocking computer that I can take to the living room. Yeah, there you go. Which which is much better. <laughs> it is much better. Yeah, the Steam. Uh, don't don't get the Steam link. It's not that cool. Um, I mean, it's all right, but it's not like fucking amazing cool. Um, it won't blow your mind, is what we're saying. No, it will not. But but what you should do is you should definitely get us on whatever 
uh, format or outlet would best cater to your needs, whether it be iTunes, Stitcher Radio, uh, Scatter Radio, or or SoundCloud, which we're also on, as well as you can directly download our episodes off of our website at PressPodsRadio.com, where you can also find exclusive reviews and other written features, content, and other fun stuff that you can also access, as well as you can find links to all of our other social media where you can follow and uh basically keep up with any new content and episodes that we drop whether it be podcasts like this one reviews features or editorial as well as our videos that we do as far as video features that you can find on our youtube page at youtube.com slash the ppr broadcast as well as our twitch streams uh which you can also find at uh twitch.com slash radio and all respective links are there as well as as i mentioned we do curate uh steam games as well as we own our own steam group you can find and join our group there and finally our respective facebook and twitter links are there and as i mentioned we're on twitch on you and youtube so you can also subscribe to us there and just you know get up and get get up get up on our biz uh mm-hmm. our contacts are also there too so if you want to email us uh call our voicemail which is still all open and operational or just get at us i know uh we haven't really been doing any select feedback stuff but we're gonna probably get back into that and mac actually just turn that into an entire episode uh, more than likely, just from like the backlog that we have. <laughs> um, yeah, so there's pretty much that. Is there anything that uh, you want to make mention as far as Bullet Heaven, Sarah? Well, uh, Bullet Heaven is continuing in its seventh year of production, and we are up to episode 143 published, uh, currently working on episode 144. If you want to get in on the Bullet Heaven goodness, if you want to help us out or otherwise contribute to new... Uh, new um, subjects of topics you can go ahead and check out our my bandcamp page at smpmusicproductions.bandcamp.com where you can find 11 pretty sweet releases with one that just went live a couple days ago uh the 10 track rpg 48 um we also have bullet heaven on uh the uh youtube channel which uh of course is where you'll uh, you'll find all new releases. Just subscribe and uh, you'll be in the know. Uh, we also have a bunch of new EX episodes coming up. Uh, and if you really want to take things further, you can always visit our Patreon page, uh, patreon.com slash Seraxor. That's S-E-R-R-A-X-O-R. And, uh, and if you wanted to contribute to Bullet Heaven that way, you definitely can. And, of course, all, all proceeds go b- right back into production, Um it's no small wonder that I was able to get, uh, you know, a couple games for review and new capture equipment to make it look all nice and shiny. So uh, our patrons are are definitely thanked for that, and you can be a part of it, too. So, uh, again, smpmusicproductions.bankcom.com and patreon.com slash Yeah, and then uh, I think finally on that note as well, um, we uh, are approaching episode 100 after doing this for six years we're gonna be this next year will be our or well this year actually I, I don't know why i keep saying next year but in may we'll be doing this for seven years holy so, shit yeah so and before we even hit that point we will be hitting even though we've definitely recorded well over 100 episodes we've actually recorded like mm-hmm. around 175 episodes <coughs> officially numbered um yeah we're two episodes away from that damn so I don't know That's what we're exciting. gonna do. Uh, well, let's fucking go crazy, man! I'm I'm all about it. We'll go yeah. fucking nuts. We and should, also, we should have want, like I, a a best of episode. Go through the the best Jesus, things that we've said. That, yeah, 
Yeah, that actually yeah. would be kind of fun to re revisit some of that stuff. Hmm. I can I can definitely I've got the time to do it, man. But um, we'll we'll put that up. We've got more collaborations. We still have, and we still kept in contact. We still got that fucking Bioshock Games Club that we're gonna do with uh, gamers with jobs. Um, we we've been in talks with doing some cool stuff with like the Laser Time Network. I mean, it's an exciting year, and like I'm like. We're going to get way more stuff put together, way more content, and just way more changes to make Press Pause Radio like, even better and grow it, especially for our video stuff. But until then... And also, make sure this is a year that we fuck with James. Oh, dude. Hashtag fuck with James. 2016, Please. man. Hashtag fuck with James. I want, I want it done. Yeah, let's get that trending. Um, yes, absolutely. <laughs> I'm yeah, all about I, it. but like... Do not add his last name. Don't add PPR. We got to see how many other people named James like really take issue with our campaign to fuck with James. Oh, I know we shit. might, we might, yeah, we might alienate. We, we, we might have angry revolt of James coming after us, man. Um, we'll come up with something. Until then, sure. that that yeah, and that's the interim hashtag until we come up with a better uh, mm-hmm. hashtag. Just you know, fuck with James. But anyway, uh, this is Georgia Boy Zach's. I love you. And I hate horses, so please stop comparing the zonkey to the horse. Those are fucking awful garbage creatures. They're trash monsters. Mm, I guess I'll go next. This is Toast, and I I really want you guys to make James's life pretty miserable. I like that guy a lot, but man, I can't <laughs> wait to fuck with that dude. This is going to be a fun year. And this is the original Sarah. Hopefully we'll see you in uh, Bullet Heaven coming soon. We will, and done and done. Yeah, I think we will. Hashtag fuck with James. Yeah. Go buy stuff from Sarah. All, all the albums. All the albums. <laughs>